de, de, de Colores Radio. De, de, de Colores Radio. Hi, hello, bienvenidos. Welcome to The Colores Radio. This is episode 53. Wow. Boom, 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 boom. Westside gun. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, I do. I, this yeah. is going in the wrong direction yes. <laughs> If you can't tell, we have a couple of guests back with us. Introduce yourselves. Hey, y'all. It's Amber. She's back. Jerry. G is it, in the building. You feel me? Y'all, he got on from Chicago. In case you forgot, because he wouldn't let us last time. How's Mexicano. <laughs> this episode is gonna be. We gonna be yeah. A we joy. Gonna... It's gonna be off the rails. How's everyone doing? Lit. Um. <laughs> thank you all so much for listening. I'm your host Eva Arreguin, and with me is the legend himself. Aww. So sweet, the one and only Rafael Tamayo, the birthday boy. Appreciate you, Jerry. Happy G Day. Thank you, Jerry. Happy G Day. Jerry. Jerry. Okay. Um, how is everyone doing? Today was a good day. Okay. What are you doing? I was trying to make you think I was gonna say something, but I know, and you worked, and now I'm stressed out over here. Yeah, I'm good. Um, I feel like I'm kind of hearing you, Rafa, but I'm not really hearing you. What does that mean? I want to understand what you're going through. No, you don't. You what's, really don't. Damn. Okay. Shit. <laughs> um, what's your internal tea? Let's get deep. Dang. Don't do it. I want to give our listeners an insight into our personal energy. Into how we are <clears throat> feeling right now. Into the reality of our existence. That's right. We're translating our feelings in the best way we know how. Memes. It's time for Meme Mood. Rafa? Um, so I had my first one was... Um, so my one of my ex-girlfriends had direct messaged me. This is a lot of tea I was not ready for, but go I, ahead. I've had a girlfriend before. What? Okay, world. Yes. Okay, and At then? one point in my life, a long time ago, I had a girlfriend. It goes You're down. Aging it yourself. goes down. <laughs> in the DMs? It sure does. Right. And then? Um, no, she reached out. She was like, hey, you know, I see, I hear all these events, and I keep thinking about you, and I wanted to say hi and check in. Ooh, and I was like, shit. and I was like, nope. I'm just like shaking Missing my head my the entire baby. time. <laughs> And so I was like, oh, I'm good. I hope you're doing, I hope you and your family are doing well. And that was it, right? And she, she replied, but I didn't. I haven't read it, and she doesn't listen to the podcast, I'm sure. She might. But she don't. She won't. Okay, keep going. Um, She's too bougie for bo- podcasts. Um, Damn, bougie taste. But I saw a meme that said, uh, instead of getting back at your ex and living your best life, become a complete mess so that everyone makes fun of your ex for dating you. And I thought that was pretty funny. So that's your meme mood? It was. But I'm now my meme mood, because I'm going to be a godfather again. I have Aww. This will be my 13th god. <laughs> yeah, god child. Can I have one? My family I'm on won't number let 13. me. They think I'm a heathen. I'm on number, I don't know what it is. I'm like, I'm not the godfather that but you, are you want. But well, you are 13th? You literally have 13 grandkids? I have 13, yeah. 13 god children. I mean. God, <laughs> I said god children's. They're putting their work. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Got an ex girlfriend, but he got 13 grandkids. 
But because of that, I had gone to church. I go to the, so my goddaughter's getting confirmed at this church where like I'm I don't I wouldn't go there on my own because they make you feel bad. And I'm like, I grew up with that. I ain't trying to hear it no more. Uh-huh. And uh so my me mood is somebody posted something on Twitter that said, For Lent, I'm giving up. Oh, same. That's it. <laughs> yeah, for Lent, I'm giving up. Retweet. So that's my me mood. Thank you. Jerry, I, Amber requested to go last, so I am fulfilling her wishes. Jerry, do you have one? Uh, my me mood, because I just saw us, is uh, Lupita with that mask. You feel me? Ooh, scary. Uh, because, it, you know, I've been thinking about that. It's kind of messed up my head for a while since watching the movie and then reading all these uh, think Theories. pieces. You know, so Lupita Nyong'o <laughs> with that mask on, you feel me? I'm going to choke several times in this episode. Um, Jerry came in after having two margaritas already. So Why did you gonna... say that, Jerry? Why did you say that money ain't a thing? Well, that was Stop. I'm over y'all. That I'm brings me over, to my meme you know? mood. Go for it, Amber. <laughs> my meme mood is Jermaine Dupree throwing money out of the window oh in God. honor of our friend Eva because <laughs> she said that, you know, like she can buy the plane ticket she want because yep, money under $200. a thing. You know, balling. Your music uh, cue was slow, uh, my guy. It was guys. a little uh, slow, but uh, I'm still... Uh, anyways. Uh, uh. <laughs> I'm going gonna, gonna to forfeit my meme mood. I don't like it if it don't bling bling. This is your meme mood. You're right. It is. Boom. Y'all want a ball Were you born us? when this song came out? Wow. Okay. <laughs> um, We had some fun last episode. We introduced you all briefly to our new intern, Daisy. And we're gearing up for our 214 Selena happening this upcoming weekend, the 29th, 30th, and 31st of March. Yay! Yippee. Um, there's a lot going on, and as you can tell, we brought back some of our favorite guests, Jerry Hawkins and Amber Sims. Hey. Hi. <laughs> Welcome back, fam. Welcome. Look at her smile, my favorite smile. All right, they're back, and we have a lot to talk about, so let's go. Y'all ready? So now, this is The Juice, where we cover the latest gossip on pop culture, politics, news, and more. So this feels kind of like old news, because this happened, I think, shortly after we recorded last episode. Um, but the TV series, One Day at a Time, was canceled. What? You didn't even watch it. You're why it's canceled. My white is canceled? Probably that too. But <laughs> I am you know. offended. Anyways, this show is really good. And so obviously Latinx Twitter was very upset. Um, still upset. I, a lot of them are still pushing to hopefully get it sent to some other network. Um, it's actually really sad because I think the episode before last, I made it in my Who You Got because I said, if y'all don't freaking watch it, it's going to get canceled. Mm. And then it happened because they value us very little and they don't even publicize these shows or market them very well and then they get canceled and so your actual shows with substance with people of color often get canceled unless it's like the biggest booming thing ever so no in between we need to get we need to get more rasa on netflix what are you saying pat yeah Yes, yeah, so they also recently, um, especially after Alfonso Cuaron and Roma and all that success, they've 
been um, working a lot more in Mexico. And I know, I believe her name is Veronica on Twitter. Um, and so I could be wrong about that. Um, but she's really questioning and pushing, like, why are y'all sending so much money to Mexico, but you're not even creating, like, Latinx um, American content mm -hmm. and you're canceling it and not really funding anything here, but you're sending it all over there because that's, again, where you've seen ultimate success. And so that's the only way you're funding these things. I know I and I'm going to say and I'm, I might this might be a like something controversial. But yeah, his controversy is never that controversial. <laughs> no, it is. Okay, I just don't. See. I just don't be speaking it on. Yeah, the, on you the, do. You're right. Um, I feel like white people would love to f like glamorize the Mexican experience with like Mexico and not necessarily what's in their own backyard, right. and really like hold their prejudices against their neighbors, mm -hmm. as opposed to something that's like, oh yeah, the beauty of whenever I get to visit, you know, San Miguel de Allende or. Cancun or whatever. Right. So that's Mexico. Oh, yeah. So Roma would be in a different category than one day at a time in terms of like, you know, what's being produced. Right. Well, and so, I mean, Roma gets to fulfill <clears throat> some sort of fantasy for them. Right. Like seeing this indigenous woman. So everybody was so proud of themselves for seeing this film because uh -huh. uh, it was such an unheard of story. So, yeah, I think that's definitely right. And so that would true. what like what wouldn't what would stop them from saying, oh, yes, of course, I am aware of the indigenous experience in Mexico. I've seen Roma. I've seen Roma. Yeah. Jesus Christ. I've seen Twinkies on screen. <laughs> I've seen my own service. Yeah, no, but I think it's it's really unfortunate. I, I know Lin-Manuel Miranda. Miranda is probably how he says it. Who's that? Um, anyways, uh, he was a big pusher. Is that? That's not the word, right? No. Nope. I'm your pusher. pusher. <laughs> Damn it, wrong crowd here. Um, perfect crowd. Um, anyways, I hope to see that this show goes on because it's actually one of the few that was discussing a lot of really important things like being a white Latinx and queer stories and all these different things that the Latinx community does not ever talk about. So it's really unfortunate to see it go and I hope mm -hmm. to see it come back. Um, so we'll see what happens. You ready for our next topic? Amber had a special request about this one, but I told her it was already on oh, this snap. list. Okay, okay, what is it? What is it? Um, Daniel Caesar. Oh man. <laughs> protecting. Whoever yes thought goals. we'd have to lose you, Daniel Caesar. Honestly, Caesar? never he had kinda, you. But he Canada kinda, family. Yikes. He can still be. He could be part of the crew from nah, Canada. See, y'all giving out too many guest passes <laughs> to the cookout. But he's Damn. black. But he's black. <laughs> All skin folk and kin folk. But that's not the point. We didn't know that he wasn't that a few kin times. So let's tell people what like, happened okay. in case they don't know. So we're going to go backwards just no, a hair. Oh, just a minute. <laughs> they heard Daniel Caesar uh -huh. singing with her and singing all this beautiful music and just gave him his pass. Right. They heard none of his he, politics. He show, yeah, he had been showing signs already a few months ago. Like, he had said something else kind of controversial. I don't remember exactly what it was. But this this uh, lady, Yes Jules, who is a white woman rapper, I believe. No. Okay, no, she's like she's a, a white woman influencer. <laughs> yeah, something. Influencer. But she, consider her, given, she considers herself a she part of like the hip-hop. She looked like Cersei Lannister. Yikes. She's given her... She's been given... <laughs> She's been given space yeah, inside of the culture because she has a big butt. But it's probably not And she's not made real. herself, um, you know, very adjacent to rappers and other black men who are problematic. Yes. So then she considered herself a part of the hip hop scene. And so Daniel C. And a lot of people lately, she says a lot of stupid shit all the time. So then obviously every everybody um, 
specifically black Twitter, I would say was very against her. So he was on his Instagram live. He claims he was drunk and he was defending her. And I think this is not the first time he basically was saying like, y'all need to calm down. Y'all are being too mean to white people. And he was so, lecturing black people saying that we're being too mean, like give it a rest. Yeah. Waka Flocka said he was, he want to see them. He, he got some hands for Ooh. Daniel Caesar. So what yeah. the fuck got hands for everybody? This is deep. Yeah. Yeah, and he had his friends with him, and so he needs better friends, first but of all, But his right? friends clearly don't know better yeah. either because they all agree nah. with him, or they're just yes-men agreeing because he got the money. Nah, yeah, it's um, it's unfortunate. I really liked his music. When yeah. Yes Jules got the nerve to be talking about black women. So. Over and yeah, over that's again, what I'm multiple reading. times. Because she wore a shirt that said, she, I had the N-word on it. Yeah, she tweeted But it. then she said, why do all these black girls hate me? Asterix walks out of the club with a light-skinned dude. Like, she said that. I didn't know She said that these bad. things. That's what I'm saying. Like, nah, she's, okay, she's come on trash. now. Yeah, she's, she's a canceled. mess. She's a mess. She got no jewels. Yeah. She was never. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. No jewels. <laughs> no jewels. Sorry. Negative jewels. Yeah. Not our jewels. Yeah. <laughs> Bring back Jules Santana. No, I'm just Nunca jewels. <laughs> Nunca jewels. Um, yeah, so I, I just, this is a very interesting case, mm-hmm. though, right? Because mm-hmm. this is not unheard of, especially in a place like Texas, because your proximity to whiteness mm-hmm. is so blatant that like you kind of get brainwashed if you're around it enough or trying to appease it enough or trying to assimilate enough that you're just like, guys, calm down. What about, you know, because your experience with yes girls might have been great. But in reality, you're not you don't you're so unaware. And I don't mm-hmm. know if I should say uneducated, I guess, mm-hmm. um, on what the realities are um, and what she's saying and how it actually affects the bigger society, especially in hip hop. And, and I think it's. Also, she tried to play like she was like a Latina too. So, oh like, God. you gotta, you know, you gotta watch these people. You know? It's really interesting. And even and there's lots of white Latinas that are just as problematic, right? They they kind of do the same thing or think they're better because they're not um, dark or whatever. And so then it also becomes uh, <laughs> our white Latinx in the room is <laughs> grabbing his chest. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a it's a really um, interesting headline i i was kind of expecting it personally because i'm pretty i i can look it up but there was something else he said i think these young guys similar. don't read either and like mm-hmm. reading is so important you know he's a, a young performer i don't think he reads yeah. you know reading is so important to developing yourself and you know public speaking yeah and everybody got a platform he was on live with his platform bro go go to a library bro come on pat these, these folks have been to a library like <laughs> The fave Pat, you feel like me? The fave. <laughs> the bay over there can help you, you know, get a, get library, a library, bay? Card, library Library Bay. You feel me? <laughs> can get you a library card, get you some research. But really, it, it is very true because you don't have to like go to college or anything to get this information. But I think also that's a, well, he's Canadian, right? So he's Canadian. I'm not claiming. I was about hey. to say it's a reflection of our education system as well. But he's Canadian, that's so right. I don't even know when he came here. He ain't true though. Um, wow ah! you were so lame okay we're gonna keep moving on to the next thing that i believe i have to um rid of in my life chick-fil-a mm. so like back in the day when this happened i remember i stopped eating it for like two months and i was like i'm proud of myself and then it kind of blew over and i was like i guess i'm eating it again and then like it gets really difficult because 
you like food and they're one of the few fast food chains with like healthier options aka like kale on the menu um they got kale on the they menu? have kale on the menu i get little kale salad they got from there food, uh, oh, side they do the <laughs> they do that. i know because i live yeah right jerry lives right well, by right across the street it's, like, it's like in his parking lot it is in my parking for lot. real so it's gonna Dangerous. be really really hard for him it is hard it i mean and that's the thing right like so let me back up a little bit i'm getting excited again um Basically, the news came out, wow, um, that Chick-fil-A is still donating, of course, to anti-LGBTQ um, organizations. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, they actually increased their donations even, which is even worse. Damn. And it's like they're sending it to places that do like conversion camps. Shit oh, like that. Oh, bro, come on. Like full level hate, like all the way. Um, so this is obviously very difficult because... We fucking love our fried chicken and delicious sandwiches and kale and all these things that. I, but you know, I thought that chicken was coming at me weird though. Stop. <laughs> You're you know what I mean? Because ain't Them no pickles. way. There's a there's an efficiency to Chick Fil A that is suspicious. I'm like y'all can't be that good. And happy Why? and nice. And My service. pleasure. What My is pleasure. For these young folks, you know. Some, yeah. Be like, sir, we're happy to serve you. <laughs> yeah. Sir, my pleasure. My pleasure. Oh, really? Blink twice oh, really? if you need help. All right, give me ten barbecue sauces. <laughs> my pleasure. Oh, so y'all saying it's kind of like the plantation? Uh, it's kind of like Get Out. To yeah. be honest. honestly, yeah. that's true. They be walking like that, Ooh, sir. My niece used to work at a Chick Fil A. How can I help you? Damn. So um, we're canceling Chick Fil A. I think Shit Filet. <laughs> that's what we're doing. Yeah. All I right. guess so. It's gonna Damn. be hard to let go for me. And that's the thing too, the though. Ain't like, really that good, though. To be honest, let's be honest. I l- I really liked it a lot. What do you like about it? It's good and kind of sweet chicken. <laughs> 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 that Chick Fil A sauce also hits. That, that Ooh, sauce hits, but it's free. Sauce. We can get you know. What you go? Oh, give me all the sauce. That's right. Because <laughs> that chicken take it is with my, uh, subpar. Homemade to chicken. be honest. It's not like amazing chicken. It was just like good and it felt fresh. It didn't feel as heavy as like McDonald's yeah. or Jack in the Box. Yeah, we're going to get ripped for this one. People love Chick-fil-A. People do. Jerry Tama is not that good. I'm going to see you there tomorrow morning pulling up I'm with Trinity. In the parking lot. I only yeah. go there when my kids need something uh-huh. to eat. Like a real <laughs> poor dad with kids who got to eat fast. Poor dad. Chick-fil-A ain't cheap. That's Real poor dad. He act like he getting a two piece. Yeah, so y'all, y'all, like so y'all like oh, it's Tuesday. Tuesday. It's Tuesday. At, at let, me, let, me, let me dispel. This is not that Popeyes special, myths. bro. Let me dispel some myths. Oh, I love that it's five dollar box. It's not about. Maybe no one ninety nine special. Poverty don't necessarily have nothing to do with being cheap. It's about convenience and efficiency. Whatever's in your neighborhood. That's why people go to the gas station to buy groceries. That's why people go to Walgreens to buy detergent because it's right in their hood. True. But it ain't necessarily about So Jerry going to be like the little, the the girl from Carousel who's like eating the chicken sandwich under her desk. That's right. He don't live in no hood though. What's that? What's that? What's that? What's that meme? Which meme? Uh, Where he's eating? It's a Westbrook or somebody? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, Anyways. So this is the hard thing, right? With capitalism. Because you know these. Tea. Um, you know these things about these companies and you kind of have to decide like if you want to still support them or not. In this case, their money's directly going to these horrible places. I know when we went to Tropicalia, we kind of had to have a discussion too. Like, shit, we're going to this thing and one of their sponsors, um, 
is Constellation Brands, which is taking water from uh, Mexicali, mm. which is literally they need their water, but they're taking it to make beer. Mm-hmm. And so, but we still went to that festival. So it's like this this really complicated issue. So what you're saying is that you can't escape capitalism wherever it happens. Correct. And so racism wherever it occurs. Exactly. Everybody is problematic. We all are indeed. So if you choose to not go there, power to you. If that is your only option, we understand. I It's hard out here. That's what I'm going to tell you. Because I know we're not all perfect. And it sucks. But I said that when, you know, when I found out Jack Daniels stole uh, the recipe from slaves. Oh, I did. That was a few years ago, right? Slave Africans, yeah. I but then, that. you know, they had some free Jack Daniels somewhere. And I was like, oh. Give me three. <laughs> <laughs> Sign me up. We went to that party too. I re- actually, that makes sense. That was probably right after that because they were trying to like boost it. Shit. Yeah, it was. You feel me? Where is it? Where is Jack? Is Tennessee right? Tennessee. You're the only ten. Tennessee I whiskey. Tennessee. Wow. Jesus Christ. All oh. right. So Pat said, wrap it up. Let's Pat move it. Let's in move the episode. it. Um, <laughs> this next story is a local story. Um, the the Deep Ellum story. Um, Rafa, I'm gonna give that one to you. I, I I am going to say that afterwards, um, I I fall asleep better when <laughs> there's helicopters and police sirens. Yikes! So I've been I've been falling asleep fairly easy the last few days. They've um, been there steady. Yeah, but not all of it has been because of protests. Something okay. went down in <laughs> Uptown, too, and wow. so like because of where the stations are. So tell our people what happened. Um. So apparently, um, X high and tight barbershop. Yeah, barber. Bar. Barbershop slash bar. Yeah. Um, Speakeasy. Which, yeah, which just to not to derail or, or really quick, um, someone that I know went there and they were like, "Yeah, my intuition was telling me to be mindful of this person because I kind of felt a weird vibe, leaning towards like this type of racist behavior." But quickly coming back uh this bartender uh in deep ellum in deep ellum uh pulled into a parking lot because someone was driving on the wrong way and she apparently was blocking his way in or out of a parking lot anyway they got into an argument um he ends up pulling out a gun and there's video of this there's video of all this pulling out a gun um, it is a black woman and a white man black woman white man uh, and he punches her five or six times brutally. She takes the punches, uh, but like he he's he's got his gun, slaps herself on her hand, and kicks she it. She kind of tries to push him off, but then yeah. he continues. <clears throat> it's really ugly. It is. It's very ugly. And like what I guess what got me the most is like all of the comments online. Like yeah, people are upset um, that you know his family is being threatened, but at the same time, like I'm not falling for that because. I the hadn't f- even heard that, but I guess no. Yeah, like people are going crazy over that. that. So I'm on the on the Deep Bellum Community Watch page, which is uh, problematic as fuck. Okay. But it's crazy. Like even just looking at that, the way they'll rally around like certain types of incidents. Like it was completely different when an ex bouncer of a club beat up a woman, and the woman was white, and mm. they had video. Like they had I all kinds that video of yeah. Too. That was that horrible. was crazy. So like that. Even if you and I'm not saying that both incidents were the same, but when you look at them and side by side, try to like really understand them within their own right and how the people respond, the way people react to events really speaks on a grander scale about what collectively the vision or or 
like what those prejudices are, right? And so I'm not saying that all these people are wrong for believing a certain way. Like you do what you do. Everybody is who they are because of the experiences that, they, that they've had as individuals. Everyone's got prejudices. It's just a part of who you are. It's what you build over time. But the fact that you're willing to like leverage who you are as a human being and say that this isn't racist because you might have been there or you know that it's a diverse crowd that works there or because you've been going there for a while doesn't cut it. And that's Bottom fucking said. line is this white man thought that he could beat up on this black woman. Yeah. Because he was superior. That is the bottom line. And it's fucking bullshit. And the way the way that crowd or, you know, those people are reacting is is the exact uh, reflection of what society is. Right. Mm -hmm. Protecting or or being behind this white woman. And and I didn't I didn't I haven't seen the opposing side, I guess, that people were not behind this black woman. Um, Well, no, because they like they smashed out the uh, the so the man's name. The man's name is Austin Sheffield. They like they've been sending death threats to him and his his family. They've also been sending death threats to her, um, and she's asked her attorneys to not really mention her name out in the media because they've been getting so many death threats. But the um, the bartender's family, like his mom's house, got her windows like smashed out mm-hmm. and things like that. And so I, I get it. That I'm I'm not saying that that's right, but at the same time, I'm not I'm I'm saying like you're quick to come to the defense of somebody that is innocent in this particular situation but you got to understand that people have been dealing with those kinds of things for generations and that is not okay yeah and i think this is a good time too because i live neighboring to deep ellum and the culture there is really really bad Mm -hmm. right like when you go to stir the dress code thing um you know i had some yeah bottled blonde and i live right by bottled blonde but it is like Deep Ellum has created a very elitist space, right? That is very, very racist. Um, and it and didn't start that way, though. It didn't start like that, right? And, and a we lot know of that, people will blame yeah, the uptown crowds that yeah. started coming in the last And we know years. that Deep Ellum was a black community, right? Like, we know that it was a blues community. Tell us more about that history, because I read it like a post on Facebook, and I, don't, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, so Deep Ellum... Um, you know, way back when was a blues community and it was actually development is right by the railroads and it is where people of color lived, right? Because it was an undesirable location. It, it was also a, what was called a red light district. Um, and it was also a cultural playground, mm-hmm. you know, where um, some of the best jazz musicians, um, some of the, la- some of the early Latinos, uh, Chicanos yeah. that did so would play at black clubs because those were the only clubs that would allow them to play. Wow. Yeah. And, and part of Freedman's Town. So when then a lot of the people were migrating mm-hmm. and 75 and 35 ended up splitting that neighborhood in half, that's why so many, uh, so many members of the community migrated even further mm-hmm. south, mm-hmm. which is now, w- to yeah. what, what yeah. is now it South Dallas. It was an initial Freedman's Town. Yeah. Uh, and, and meaning that it was a town settled by, you know, formerly uh, enslaved African people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, not only that, the name actually comes from the drawl of yeah. Southern black people. Like uh, that name was, um, you know, Deep Ellum is because of the way that um, those formerly enslaved people pronounce Elm, the yeah, word Elm. Elm Street. So yeah. the whole thing is black. I, I, I heard of uh, someone talk about make Deep Ellum black again because it mm. really was, yeah. uh, even before the railroads, it was a, a black community. Yeah. Um, not only that, Deep Ellum is very important to the city because it was the only integrated space um, wow. back in the day. This is where 
everybody, even white people, Jewish folks came to listen to music, came to party together in the city. So it's a very important part of the city. Mm -hmm. um, it happens that way now, but it's obviously a very racist place because there's no black ownership. There's very mm -hmm. little Latino ownership. Mm -hmm. you if, know, any. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. if any. Yeah. If any. And this is something important for the city of Dallas to really address um, because I, I think Jerry and I especially have lived in different places. So I went to school in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. um, I even lived in Indianapolis, right, and visit Houston all the time. But to be in Dallas, there are very, very few black-owned spaces. Mm -hmm. And to me, that is a bigger narrative about something that's wrong with the culture of this place. Right. Um, and so that when it doesn't I graduate, even have those yeah, opportunities. Yeah, it doesn't have that. those opportunities. It doesn't have spaces. Um, I was hanging out with a friend who had, a, you know, looked nice, had a collared shirt and some uh, shorts. And they were they were sweat shorts, though. Mm -hmm. And he couldn't get in the stir. Wow. Right. Had on some nice tennis shoes, looked fine. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and couldn't get in. Um, but to me, not having spaces for black people to exist. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and feel liberated and feel free and feel safe and be able to kick it. There's something wrong with this city. Right. And it's zoning regulations. It's our, you know, and this gets back to us voting. It's our city council folks. Um, this is a question for Adam Madrano, right? That's his area. <laughs> like, what are we going to do with our elected officials to make people of color, specifically centering black people, mm -hmm. feel safe, right? And sure. obviously, like, you being in a space, uh, this is for the Deep Ellum Association, right? Neighborhood Association for th their vendors. How have we been able to create a space in which this happens, right? And even if you're not getting your ass kicked, you're not welcome right, in that area. And that is something that we need to look at. And, and I hope the conversation goes beyond this, right? Is like, can you even exist as a black person in Deep Ellum and be safe, right? And feel wanted yeah. and be spending money and feel like, you know, people don't want you to be there. Mm -hmm. And that's a very real thing because that's our community, you know? Not only that, like the architecture is still there. William Sidney Pittman um, was a black architect. He was um, the son-in-law of Booker T. Washington. Oh, wow. um, his, his buildings are still there. Um, the Knights of the Pythias Temples building is still being there. It's right next to a, a, a large hotel that they're building no, right on Good Latimer. No, it's part of the development. Um, mm -hmm. His church is where Interrupt's office is that he designed. Um, and even where like a, a place like Deep Vellum is, is where uh, a blues man used to play. Um, his name is, his plaque is literally yeah, on the is. building. And so like that is a traditionally, obviously before all of this is native, you know, folks, this is native land anyway, all of Dallas is native land. But, you know, transform into a place where black people felt a mm -hmm. little more safer. They were never, you know, they were never mm -hmm. safe in this city, but more safe. And then this, it, they created a place because, um, Black people were never exclusive, a place where everybody can come and um, participate in that culture, particularly blues and jazz. Um, and so it's an important place. And I think that, um, you know, speaking to the issue, you know, uh, we all need to speak up. Um, I was in New Mexico when it happened. And so I kind of caught up when I just got back this week and to see that video, this, um, this white man beating it's this so black disturbing. woman up is disturbing. Um, it's mentally disturbing to me, but it's also something that we should all do that. So I commend, um, you know, Next Generation and uh, Lee Merritt and folks who are standing up for this woman. But um, I think we all have to speak out against that because it can happen to you. Well, and that's the thing that 
uh like i i clearly i guess i didn't know because i'm not on those pages or whatever but it's like it's so blatant how little we we protect and care for black women like it is that blatant right Mm -hmm. that she is literally being beat in the face Mm -hmm. And people have a problem mm-hmm. with that. Well, and the other thing that we haven't touched upon either is the district attorney's office, mm-hmm. right? Um, and the charges that were, oh, yes, this man course. is out, right? right? It was he a misdemeanor a, assault. Yeah. Within he, what, he is 12 hours, I think? Maniac, Le- right? He's a menace. Ooh. He is unsafe. Mm-hmm. He is someone who is out on the streets who are keeping our, you know, who who is harming other people and he's allowed to go out on bond mm-hmm. and the charges against him are not substantial. Right. And this is where, you know, in a city where we have a black district attorney, you know, in our recent memory, we have more years than not. Right. And so this goes back to systems. Mm-hmm. All of our law and, enforcement and, and, and us continuing to mm. uphold systems and who gets to be protected. Right. Mm-hmm. Because there's people sitting in jail right now because they don't have no money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's on a fifteen hundred dollars yeah. bond. That's crazy to me, yeah. you know, and he's literally a menace. Mm-hmm. He's a terrorist, mm-hmm. you know, um, and, and so those and are people can't even say that those are conversations we need to be having. Like we need to be writing our city council people. Um, we need I to believe have they were at city council right? today talking. We about need to it. have conversations and debellum about this. We need to be pushing the neighborhood association. Rafa, we can get together on that. Um, and and they have like a, a foundation, actually. Yeah. Um, and, and so I really do think because this is a symptom of something much, much larger. And once we pull back these layers, we're going to see a lot of things about Dallas and its treatment of black Mm. people, Mm -hmm. um, that really needs to be addressed. Um, I also wanted to give a shout out to Nisi from the black women's defense league and revolution cafe, who I think was also leading a lot of that Mm -hmm. movement. Um, Say her names. Yes. I know, um, German, a friend of ours was photographing that night. And so I, I think it's always like that re disturbance of anytime you go to any kind of protest where the police are very blatantly protecting, um, whiteness basically. Mm -hmm. And even if it's all police of color, right. Um, yep. So it's really, really uh, Our fascinating. Our law enforcement folks are all black in the city, and we have to hold them accountable. Our police chief is a black woman. Our sh- sheriff is a black woman. Our district, uh, I mean, our uh, a, a city's attorney. Like, all these people, um, we have to hold them accountable because they mm-hmm. are now representatives of that racist system. So, Indeed. Um, so hopefully we see some some form of justice within this, but... Um, I just I want to be so mindful and constantly saying to protect and uplift black women because they are the ones that are constantly moving and shaking every fucking movement. Mm-hmm. And y'all, are th- mm-hmm. they're the first ones to, to get abused. Yeah. Um, so uh, we can keep moving to more systems we don't trust. Uh, the Mueller report finally came out. Um, I kept saying I was waiting for this. And um, it was like having blue balls. Well, not that <laughs> I've ever had that. Oh, you know about that? Tell us more. You know, I Amber. might know a little okay. something. There's something I'm hiding, right? But it's like the what? climax or like, you know, trying to... B- right. <laughs> I think... You can't just leave that. Yeah, I'm like, girl. Tell us more, Amber, <laughs> about these blue balls. Look how cute she is with it, too. Her damn smile. <laughs> do, um, you, do you know how they feel, Amber? Stop it. Stop. 
stop. Okay. Well, I've heard it's really painful, and you're like waiting for something <laughs> that never happens. Did somebody fumble the bag on you or something? Um, you get really frustrated. I can't. And I'm frustrated. So and Rafa is blushing, and I I'm love like dead it. right now. I told him that's how you know you're a white Latinx if you blush. <laughs> Stop like, Stop calling me white. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He is sorry. a light crimson right now. <laughs> Thank you. We'll I'll go take, with that. I'm, I'm that a light crimson. Yes. Okay. Well, light crimson Rafa. Sure. A little rose. Whatever you say, A little rose say, tone over there. <laughs> it's a Pat, can you give me my powder? <laughs> and Kleenex, because he's crying. Um, I never had blue balls over the Mueller yeah. report. Mueller did not give me blue balls. I did not expect anything from these folks. That's true. Meanwhile, I think, I think Trump me, is turning up. Right it was now. just my way to like channel it, right? Like I was like, "Ooh, maybe," and so like that's my naivety, yes. um, and that, but also realizing that like no shit, this is not gonna solve this systemic ass issue that this uh-huh. country was founded on, and so, um, obviously the Democrats are like, "Release the whole thing," like that's gonna solve it. Um, Look, if grabbing them by the vajayjay, don't get it. Jesus, it's a wrap. Honestly, no, not by the vajayjay. By but the he means like no. That's you mean the in the terms of Trump? In terms of Trump. Yes. I know. A sitting president yeah. said that was locker room talk. What did Ocasio Ocasio Cortez? Cortez. <laughs> she said, um, "You can impeach him. He could be voted out in 2020. Mm-hmm. Whatever." It happens, can happen, but that still won't change all of the everything that mm-hmm. surrounded him, all mm-hmm. of the systems that have allowed him to prevail, mm-hmm. all of the that's people right. that have been reinvigorated mm-hmm. with their strong sense okay. of racism. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And, it's and, true. and, I, and I'm on a, you know, I'm, I'm a little worried about her, too, because she, you know, at South by Southwest was talking about. Oh, Pat um, was there. What is what is Stop what is it. black and all that, you know, oh, when God. she's been asked about reparations. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, I told you. See, well, and it was like Ocasio Cortez. Right yeah. after she was elected, she also like voted. danced. Shut the fuck up. She no, but dance. she was like voting to not abolish ICE, even though that's like one of the big things she ran on. So it's well, like I think it was some connected to that vote. It was, but it's also like these things of like they're all fucking politicians, y'all. No they matter what, even like yeah. there's not one that's gonna get it all right. They're that's not right. to be trusted. That's why we hold them accountable. That's why we're happy when we see one moderately decent human being. But like she's, I hope somebody pulled her to the side. One of the, one of her girls, you know, like look, she's like I'm Gina black. Rodriguez. This was black. Stop playing. Yikes. So yeah, um, that's, that's rough. Anyways, so um, reparations I, though. Reparations though, just reparations. Is reparations on the agenda? Are we it talking about that? It was last episode. We talked oh, really? about it a little bit last episode because that's when oh, Julian we'll talk about had it now said it. Black friends. <laughs> yeah, like he's like on a t- he's like on the top of my like uh, Julian presidential. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he gave the best answer. He did, and oh, he, he called Bernie, to Bernie Sanders about reparations. That is the black brown solidarity that we've been talking about. He has right? a black like, woman campaign manager. Nice. Hey. That's hey. why. That's why he's saying what he's saying. But look. She is a beast. What's her name? Uh, what is her Let's name? I can't name think her. of her name, but I, uh, I'll, I'll find that in a minute. Because that's where he got oh, that from, Shirley. But she is a, he was the one, he, So he was the one that started the push to say come that it back. wasn't a national emergency, right? And then Ocasio jumped on and supported it. I'm not right? sure. I just remember his was a response to Bernie saying it on The Breakfast Club, which is what we talked yeah, about Yeah, Bernie was episode. like, I don't know about He's reparations. Like, Bernie? <laughs> Bernie? And what he said was about Bernie? You know, oh, laws in 2016, Bernie? Yikes. 
Castro was like, hmm, Bernie want to write a black blank check for Medicare. Bernie want to write a black check for this, uh, you know, these, okay. these yeah, kind like, of, a, one works. a blank check. A black blank check. <laughs> you know, I'm lit right now. <laughs> a blank check for colleges. But he don't want to write a blank check for people who's been enslaved <clears throat> in no, this country? No. Interesting. He did, he did that. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So, in short, we deserve reparations. I will take mine in $100 bills. Thank you. I like how you were checking out your nails while you were saying that in full flex mode. Uh, I'll take my reparations. I'll take mine in no loans. Uh, no loans. 40 acres in a mule, right. which, take which translates, translates to about 10 acres in a range or something. You know what I'm saying? Something yeah. crazy. Jerry's like, we'll I'll take Deep Ellum. You feel Ooh. me? Oh, I would take Deep Ellum. I would take Deep I would take deep. Well, I would take yeah, Bachman we'll Lake back. It. You know, just give me the whole lake. Yeah, I'll <laughs> take South Dallas. Yeah. To be honest, you know, black culture. people had Love Field. The city stole yeah. it from them. Jesus. We'll just take the whole city If you want to talk about this history, yeah. With our native folks. Oak Cliff <laughs> used to be Horace Ridge. It used to be a, yeah. a place where a man named Horde owned slaves. If yeah. you, I want to talk about Oak Cliff, yeah. you know what I mean. We're gonna get into yeah. Dallas stuff when yeah, we get right. into the interview. Okay, I'm gonna right, wrap up right. our last two Drews topics because I think we're going. Oh yeah, because really Pat's long. like looking at us like y'all are out of time. <laughs> yes. So the last few things were one. <laughs> we're like out of time. The door. <laughs> the explorer okay. live action yes, film ma'am. this is real this is real unfortunately um a lot of my friends alone. a lot of my friends were excited about it i y'all know i am not into this shit what the hell is that i just get really sad because there's so many people i know that have so many fucking stories and things they want to write and they want to work in the industry and this is the shit y'all are creating a fucking live I action bet, door of the explorer i bet really? you'd get hype if they did an arthur live action though um, why are you attacking me right now? Arthur's iconic. So is Dora. Okay, bye. I'm Dora. They're not even going to do the essentials. Swiper, no swiping. Swiper, no swiping. Is Swiper going to be in it? No. Boots. Boots don't even have boots eyeballs or talk. I mean, not boots. The backpack, sorry. Wait, is, oh. it? is Dora the most so they're popular Mexican girl in black history? In black history? Maybe? I don't know. Wait, How does that My work? kids love... Dora and Diego. Yes. Her, cu- her cousin's history? in it too. Yeah. Oh, can we talk about the Quince video? Uh, that was so, that should have been your meme mood. Oh, that should have been, been your meme mood. What Quince video? My daughter dressed up as Dora for Aww. regular. Not I ain't talking about a Halloween. Just <laughs> regular <laughs> life. <laughs> for regular regular yeah, life the, the, the backpack stand the orange shorts, even the the molded hair not even a wig just molded hair yes come on hair. molded hair stop the little i know what you're talking about like styrofoam. she pulled the map I, no trend because this is she pulled the map regular. out of the backpack map where are we going so is she gonna is she excited about this don't worry about is it is trend excited about this I don't think so. Okay. See, then it doesn't matter if you know, someone Trin grew up is loving it. You actually more like Pat. You know what I mean? She's like a, <clears throat> uh, you know, traveler in her brain. You know what I'm saying? She's like a, you know, librarian kind of chick. Oh you my know? God. I'm excited because you know? one of the Hispanic actors they use for everything is in it. Yes. What's his face? Eugenio. Yeah. I really like him. Everybody yeah. loves him. He's like yeah. the man. So they were smart about doing that. And having Eva Longoria as the mother. Oh, is she? Yes. She's in it? 
Eva's the mother. Yes, they pulled out all five Mexicans we have in Hollywood and they put them in the film. Like a, a, I a, thought Eva's Mexican. They could have got somebody with some more. Oh, know, she San Antonio meat Mexican. on her bones. You know what I'm saying? They don't she, like meat in Hollywood. I just Jerry, always, come on. Dora's mom was like thick. You she, know what I'm saying? <laughs> Wrap this up. I'm doing the choir director. This is out of hand. This is out of hand. This is out of hand. We will be pausing for a commercial break. And the grandma, too. Abuela was. Look. Abuela was. Jerry's dying. Honestly, I agree. I agree. Pops, I don't know, but mama was thick. Okay. I was like, okay, mama. Anyways, oh, we'll Diego see how Mama this... was fine too. I think I said that. You lunch. watched a lot Bro. of this show. This podcast this, is raised... going to hell. Dora this is the most famous Mexican girl in black, in black history. history. Yes, Dora. Oh my gosh. Um, no. I'm gonna keep moving to another. How you think my kids learn uno dos tres? You feel me? Oh Jesus! That's Jesus. why you speak Spanish so damn well. That's start because Dora's That's mom is thick. That's Dora's mama is <laughs> thick. Had y'all heard of thick? He had no, never heard me say thick, and he was shook. Oh no! Nah. Anyways, um, shout out Put to Dora, I guess, and get I'm back done. together. And then finally, together. we're gonna end with some fantastic news: the horror film Us. Did you see it yet, Rafa? I did not. Okay, me neither. I knew. I saw it though. I've had no time. No, y'all cannot spoil it for us, Um, or for the rest of the community. We won't. Oh no, it's already spoilers out there. There are spoilers out there. So Um, when is uh, Gina Rodriguez dropping nosotros? Is it out? (laughs) She's real quiet lately. Now Gina ready to say, "Where's our Latina, white Latina us?" Oh my God. Um, so they had a $70 million opening, which is the biggest opening for an original horror film. So congratulations to Jordan Peele and Monkey Paw Productions. Lupita Nyong'o literally deserves everything good in the world because, oh my fucking God, I have never seen anyone act more in their life. And I'm going to give y'all a pro tip. If you haven't seen it, go see it. With some black people. <laughs> okay. Honestly, yeah. So I'm bougie. You know, I be going to these, you know, expensive Also, you movies. are bougie. I'm, I'm, I am Y'all making fun of me oh, okay. and all of y'all are bougier I be going than to me. You literally movies. said money ain't a thing. Okay, that doesn't mean it. I could be talking shit. Everybody Legit, does that. We're not exaggerating, y'all. I just want y'all to know for the record, this came out of Eva's mouth. Right. Like, she actually said the word. In reference to buying I also have Chamoy yeah. on my titty right now because I'm so poor. So... Thank you. But at least you can cover it up with uh, nothing. You know, whatever. Go. What are you saying? Pro tip: Go see it with some black people. I haven't seen a movie with black people like this in a long time. You what? haven't seen a movie with black people, or you haven't seen a movie with black people physically with? No, physically in a long time because we be you, you need know to be going to like the we're hood movie, movie theaters. No, listen, listen. We 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 go to see movies the day or the day before it goes out. And this is a different one because it's kind of a call and response. Mm-hmm. And so we went, I went to or a Cinemark uh, on, on Web Chapel and okay. 635. Web clap you, okay. You Ooh. feel me? Okay. And the commentary was priceless. <laughs> I, I, would, I did not want to see that movie without it. Trust me. 
because they went in on the husband. Oh, and he his character, Baku, I was not they crazy. Went on and on but Baku. did you go eat at Caribbean Grill before you went to Cinemark? Yeah. Right Caribbean there? Grill's closed. It's like a... It's closed? Yes. Yeah, like, You're lying to me. Is it? Well, I see these acting chops are it's, still it's like here. A, it's like a... <laughs> It's an authentic Mexican spot now. You're lying. What? No, you're lying. Anyways, you're lying. go see us. It's it's a. Uh, we'll talk about yeah. it more later when we can spoil it, so y'all yeah. have more time Please to watch. Don't spoil it. Um, a shout out yeah, to He's Winston Duke in the bed, and Pat um, is under the desk. She's crawling around. I think that just about wraps up this long ass juice we just had, and now we will go. Whoa! This was several drip. Oh I make you juice box. Hey. Mm. Now we can return to yeah, an interview. Box drip. Tell us more. And we're back. <laughs> Thank you, Amber. <laughs> so we are now going to re-interview y'all or interview you again uh-huh. because we didn't get to get into the meat. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the meat. That almost hit me. Thank you. Thank you. Oh. <laughs> the one you click though, perfect. Um, so we talked a little bit last time um, about different areas of your life, but I wanted to get into like your upbringing and all of that. So that is my first question. What was your upbringing like? Both of you. At the same time? No, whoever feels comfortable. Go ahead, Jerry. All right. So, you know me. I'm from the south side of Chicago. I'm from the south side of Chicago. I grew up in Chicago. I went to Winnie Young. Speak on it. (laughs) Speak on it. You know, my sister, My sister, sorry, freaked out because she was like, that's where Michelle Obama went. And she wants to know your whole experience and feelings about Michelle Obama. (laughs) Well, let me talk to her because I love your sister. So we want to know where Jerry grew up. Amber? (laughs) Thank you. Well, he's from Chicago. (laughs) To be exact, the south side of Chicago. Thank you. Speak on it. I'm not from the. I'm you not went from to the, Whitney Young. Not from the Chancellina side. I'm from the Southwest side of Ooh. Chicago. You feel me? I grew mm-hmm. up on a GD block. You know. Uh, okay. Yeah. So you know, like life, life was interesting. He got hot for me. sauce in his bag. Swag. Swag. Yeah, I mean that's where I'm from. I went to Whitney Young. You know. But you had how many siblings? I got I got three siblings. Youngest, all of oldest, my all middle. of the all of the guys have. I'm, I'm I am the oldest boy. I got an older sister. She's still in Chicago. All of the boys left Chicago. Mm. So I got a little brother in Houston. Got a little brother in Nashville. Nice. Uh, so we all moved back to the South, you know. Um, my little brother played for the NFL for a little bit. Mm. Uh, my, little, uh, my youngest brother went to the Marines. Um, so he's a disabled vet right now. Uh, my little brother in Houston is a, a former police officer now, a Houston police sergeant. I H-10. don't know how you process that. I process it as 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 hard and as easy as you can. You know, I'm very proud of him, but I'm also, you know, still <laughs> abolished the police. You know, <laughs> uh, my father was a Cook County sheriff, so it's very interesting. But he was, you know, sort of like I talk about. I talked Rafa. Well, you know, his I said you was spooked with the sub out of door. Yeah, my father was that. You know, he would mentor the drug dealers on my porch, um, and so Saying he would what? tell them. He would tell them to get, you know, save, take their money. The game. And, 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 and buy a business, buy a house. And he's like. You got to learn the game. You know, to be honest, like, it's, it's kind of stupid. You're like, we have so much surveillance now. Everybody knows what you're doing. So I think everybody working for the police, if you're not, you know, if you're doing something illegal because 
It's too much surveillance. The biggest drug trafficker in the world was working with American yeah, that's police. That's right. That's right. So that's right. And that was back in, you know, the seventies, eighties, you know what I'm saying? 90s. I mean it, it only makes sense. When you break it down to economies, it's the same everywhere, it's especially same. in this country. That's right. So that's right. And I saw it firsthand, you know. Uh and so yeah, I grew up on that, you know. Saw saw people get shot in front of me. Saw people get like that was regular, you know. And that was Chicago from like, the was, time you were born. Like you remember that? I no, not from the time I was born. The time I moved where I moved um, in Chicago. In Chicago, which is a I, city in Illinois. That's right. <laughs> good job. Good job. Wow, he's it's, smart. It's the third largest city in the country. Actually, uh, also the third largest population of Latino folks. Hey. So that's that's another thing to know about. Um, but also, like <clears throat> my my block is called. I mean, my my neighborhood is called Killer Ward. Um, this is where your family grew up. This is where I grew up in on the south side of Chicago when I when, I, when we kind of settled. So, um, you know, GD talking about gangster disciple, one of the largest gangs in the country. We all had a decision. Um, I remember when we were growing up, we had a that choice to to make that decision whether to join the gang or not. I don't know if you all had this point in y'all life. So huh? you had that that choice, and you I had that choice, but I had my pops. You know, like you know, y'all know my daddy killed me. You know, you put it on them, and they were like, "You right, all right, you step out so of this." And so my friends out. went this way, and I went that way. You know, and that was how old? Um, that's about twelve, eleven, twelve. They was like, "All right, shorties, y'all throwing up this gang side." What y'all gonna do, you know? And that was that decision. And so the I same went that shit way. is still happening. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure it's on a different way now. Uh, in in the in the 80s and 90s, they locked Chicago locked up all of the gang leaders, and mm. then in in the late 90s and 2000s, started to tear down all of the housing projects. And Chicago had the second largest housing project, the Robert Taylor Homes, and one of the largest also is Cabrini Green Homes, which is in movies like Candyman and some other movies. Um, and so the, there are no no more high-rise projects in Chicago. And so you're talking about <clears throat> 70 to 100,000 um, black and Latino folks displaced. And so now Chicago is suffering an exodus of black and Latino folks moving out of the city. Most of them moving to the south, like places like Dallas and Atlanta uh, because of that. Um, so, yeah, that's where I'm from. Went to Whitney Young, you know, learned about rap. You know what I mean? Became a rapper, signed some deals, went to college. Ooh. You so you're going to give us some bars. I All got right, a couple cool. for you. All right, you let's I got go. A couple for you. you. ready for me right now? Yeah. Oh, go I got I to gotta, I gotta pull out something <clears throat> I wrote recently then. You know Ooh. what I mean? Do you need a beat? Ooh. No, I don't need nah. no beat. You know what I mean? We do this. We, we do this. Does know? that mean uh, the birthday boy has to do one too? Yeah, no. birthday boy definitely. I choose. I choose to know. I choose to know. I choose to know. Birthday boy definitely has to. Let's see what I Rafa got. Rafa was uh is still known as one of the best battle rappers in is Dallas. Is that right? Anybody in Dallas want to want to want to test my battle? Come on. He really is known as that. I'll say that. Anytime I meet people, they're like, "Do you know that?" And I'm like, "I haven't seen it in real life." So, sure. <laughs> all right, all right. You ready? Let's go. Oh, you ain't heard of me. Air <clears throat> Max 270s. Pull a Nike socks over the scar from the surgery. She told me Take it, Jerry, like burglary. She called me baby. Her baby daddy wanted to murder me. Ooh. Can't keep tabs on me. What car I last drove, I'm too cold. Switch up my whips like my wardrobe. I'll be out of here. 
in a winter with my summer gear. Meaning if it's winter here, I'm flying till it's summer here. My father used to keep his gun under the chair, puffing cigars, talking to young boys, smoking their squares. <laughs> Gave him so much game for free, only hoping they hear that it don't go one ear and out the other was his fear. You mm. feel me? That's okay. Just a bit, you know? And it touched on what we were talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jerry right. got blow. Right, a little bit, Jerry a little bit. G. You know, a little bit, a little bit. Jerry talking. You feel me? So we're going to pivot to Amber a little bit so she can tell us a bit about her upbringing. And drop some bars And first. then mm-hmm. also drop some bars. Some of those mesquite bars. <laughs> yeah, so, um, so I'm Amber. I was raised in Skeeterville. Skeet, skeet. Ah, skeet, skeet. Shout out to our um, Mesquite listeners. Hey. Okay, so hi, everyone. I'm Amber hi. from Mesquite. <laughs> See? Um, by way of Birmingham, Alabama, which is where my dad is from. And um, spent was born here, spent some time in Germany because my dad was in the Army. And then, Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. How old were you? I was like four. Aww. Talk about that. Yeah, so um, we lived there for a year, and it snowed a lot, and I just remember being black and everyone being white. <laughs> yeah, <you> can't forget <laughs> Obviously, it. Obviously, right? Um, and then we moved back, and we lived in Birmingham for a bit, <clears throat> and um, when I was in second grade, my mom was like, um, it was shortly after my granddad had passed, and my parents were not doing well, so my mom was like, mm. I'm not from Birmingham. I'm going to take my kids and move mm. to Texas. So she packed us up in her Astro van. Yes, Astro van. We had an Astro right? van. I had an Astro yes. van too. In our <laughs> blue Astro van, <laughs> and we drove to Texas. And so, um, and mom was from what part of Texas? Uh, my mom is from South Dallas, Oak Cliff. Okay. Carter Cowboy. Hey. Okay. And she sound like too. Oh my God. Her mama got the best accent. Yeah, I love she's her. She's great. She'd be like, Amber, <laughs> what you doing? <laughs> she said, Is that boy Jerry? Is he funny acting? Is he gay? Yeah, she really wanted to know said, no, if Jerry was gay. Daughter, but. <laughs> yeah. So you know, um, you so came to Dallas and uh, landed in Pleasant Grove, hey. uh, Groveside. So was Did there you? what a city. for a bit off of Red Cloud, um, <clears throat> went to Runyon, and um, then we moved back to Birmingham Damn. Um, with my dad and my grandma. Um, and so life was like back and How forth, you back and forth uh, in third grade. Mm. Dang. Um, all of all of this before by third grade. Yeah. Dang. OK. All of this by third grade. And um, what do you remember feeling about that? Do you remember? I just remember, because um, we went to a really good school when I was in Birmingham, and um, the first time, and I remember coming to Pleasant Grove, mm-hmm. and the school's being very, Completely very different. Completely different, yeah. Like, we had books, we were in a portable. I was like, Mom, Shit. I hate school. Aww. It's dirty. And she was <laughs> like, well, you're going to go. <laughs> Keep going. Keep going. Um, but what I will say is during that time, um, being in an all black and brown environment, like I was told I was gifted. Mm. And that had never happened when I was in an all white environment. And, and so that then, was in Pleasant Grove. And that was in Pleasant Grove, right? That's interesting. Um, and then we moved back to Birmingham and we lived with my grandma and she like lived in the West End of Alabama or Birmingham. And um, I was a grade level one to two grade levels above my peers right and and so now in retrospect right like knowing that education Mm -hmm. isn't 
equitable not to be cliche right but like being like very very smart the blatant differences the opportunities that I had right Mm -hmm. and so even though I was going through this like unrest in my family um being still privileged in some way Mm -hmm. you know which is like something that's interesting to place um but then also, like, I was a nerd. Like, I read books. Like, I think we talked about last yes, time how I read did. the autobiography of Malcolm X when I was really, really little. And so, like, that was my solace. And uh, I would make my brother play school with me. And he'd be like, this is so lame. <laughs> <laughs> and he'd be so mad. Um, and so then we moved to Mesquite because my parents got back together. And they're divorced now. Mm. Um, but, you know, still, like, really cool. And so I think one of the good things is, like, my parents still have, like, a great relationship, you know? And they can, like joke around and like be funny and um you know just feeling really loved um by by all of it but I think you know one of the things too is like realizing that I wouldn't be who I am Mm, without without what happened Mm -hmm. you know like I like I I literally like would not and so I'm really thankful for it even though you know it costs something but I'm super thankful for that yeah, that happens a lot with any kind of like traumatic thing. Mm-hmm. It really either makes you or breaks you mm-hmm. in whatever age. Yeah, and I noticed my brother and I, I think, because um, we have a lot of cousins, but I think we have resiliency mm. um, in ways that other folks don't have. And like so I'm really thankful for young. that. Yeah. For sure. And speaking of which, my brother knows Rafa because his oh, friend sweet. is Eric. Oh, word, fame, fama, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The oh, okay. Kicks post. I think yeah. he's going to be here for That's Chicago. right, you mentioned. Yeah. yeah, and I couldn't, I was like, I was forgetting, but yeah, he's going to yeah. be here soon, so I was telling my brother. Aw. Yeah, so I connected, and he's Second in Pilsen. Pilsen? Yeah, yeah, Eric's in Pilsen in Chicago, yeah. Dope. Um, so my next question is, do y'all remember what you wanted to be as a child, what you dreamed of being? Ooh. I do. I remember I wanted to be an architect. That was the first, you know, it was like oh. a doctor, lawyer, architect. Um, and I actually took architecture classes in high school because I went to a dope-ass high school. Mm-hmm. Um, and I probably was one of the few who used what I learned in high school in real life because I had an opportunity to design and like um, manage the construction of the family center at Bachman Lake. Mm. Um, and I used all of my him. interior design skills, architectural skills to do that work. Um, you know, pull out my T square if you all remember that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like architect. <clears throat> That's really dope. I thought you were gonna say that you used your skills and the T square to design and implement these bars. I was. Because <laughs> wow. you said you were signed, right? You I said, was signed. I, yeah. I, I was signed. I got Your signed. Was in, signed, right? I got signed in high school, and I got signed uh, to another deal out uh, when I graduated uh, from college. Mm-hmm. Um, but that wasn't really it. I, w- I wanted to be a graphic designer when I went to college because mm-hmm. I went to the school of the Art Institute of Chicago for six years. So on every Saturday and Sunday, I went to take art classes, film classes. You know, I was. One of those kids who had a, uh, it was called art, ART, um, Art Resources and Teaching. And so folks like teachers created a scholarship for kids like me from the inner city to go to the School of Arts Institute. So like, right. from, you know, like I was 10 years old drawing naked women in the, in the, in the, in the uh, studio that. drawing classes. It was yeah. a, 
it was a you know culture shock for me but then i got used to it and it's art going to this place right it was art instead of like this naked woman you yeah. know what i'm saying and then naked men that was yeah. the worst that was the yeah. hard you gotta draw that penis for the first time you feel me it's like man let me go not sharpen this pencil time. again yeah <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, being 12 years old, drawing that penis, you know, that just man just laid out. Yeah. That's, you know, you got to get crazy. comfortable with the normal so, yeah, of but, the human body. You know, I thought I was going to be, a, you know, a graphic designer in high school. I was teaching college students graphic design. <clears throat> I was part of the early college program at uh, School of Art Institute. And um, I had an assistantship. So I was like, I knew this is what I wanted to do until I, you know, had that experience at the park district, which I told you about last time. Mm -hmm. uh, and I saw brown and black kids being separated in a summer program. Mm -hmm. They're supposed to be having fun. And I changed my major immediately to early childhood education. So, you know, I had a vast experience, you know. I was EMT because I wanted to join the... You've done it all. I wanted to join the fire department because the fire department is like the best part-time job, like 24 on, 48 off. Um, so I wanted to do, do that. So I'm a certified hold on, hold on, I'm trying to do my math, Hona. Right. I'm <laughs> yeah. kidding. Because so, that math um, don't make sense. You get you work a day and you're off too? That's right. That's Great. right. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Amber? And they sleep if it's not any fires. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So. Yeah. Uh, oh, let me come back down. Uh, <laughs> my earliest thing was like I was like a poet growing up, Aww. right? <clears throat> and so I used to love to write and So draw. you got bars too, okay. Yeah, I got it's your time. Bars and um, none of them will be dropped today. Aww, Maybe some same. other time. Um, and then I really wanted to be an e an archaeologist because I was really um, obsessed with Egypt, and I taught myself how to write hieroglyphics. You are and a full beautiful nerd. <laughs> And one of my crushes, he brought you? me a book. <laughs> he bought me a book about Egypt and about. Girl, where is he now? He might be the one. He should have been. He was bae. looking out for you. He was trying to support your, he, your passion. He got me. Wow. He got me. Goals. How do you learn to write hieroglyphics? I remember doing a worksheet on it. So yeah, yeah. yeah it was, for me. It was like in fourth. Yeah, and so like I would go to the library and like get all the Egypt books and uh, but write him Egypt, a message. Yeah, and be like, hey, you know. <laughs> I see you. She wrote, "You are trash." <laughs> <laughs> a little woke, Amber. You are. <laughs> I guess I missed the train. I never took a class. I would have been like Falcon. <laughs> right. <laughs> what? Falcon, Ebus, Ebus. Right. So like I was like all into that when I was younger, and then I wanted to be in sports. Because um, I became how did that obsessed with baseball. Okay. Um, so I was a big Derek Jeter fan because just because he dated Mariah Carey and Shut she was my up. favorite. That's so, what did it for you. Yeah. I'm like, how do we go from super cute nerd to like sports, which is the exact opposite typically? Yeah. So I worked in sports for a bit. You're like, oh, Mariah man, I forgot Carey. my ring again today. Right. You're supposed to bring it. So we I, can was waiting. I, I was waiting. I know. I know. So like a stunt. Um, but yeah. And so like it, like it switched. And then um, I went into sports and. How old um, were you there? Ooh, like it was like school? fresh out of college. Okay, out of yeah, college. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, and I wanted to do news, so I wanted to do sports reporting. And um, that's what did you graduate with in school? English and political science. Oh. And I did news broadcast. Yeah, cool. Mm -hmm. And so. then you got into sports. Mm -hmm. And then from sports. sports. Now I'm in nonprofit How'd education you go from work. Sports to nonprofit. Um, because I was in a racist institution, oh, and I've heard um, of those. Yeah, and I was like. <laughs> 
hmm, I don't think I want to be here anymore. So let's go fight racism. Cool. And it was a lot of experiences you had in that, that you were like, I'm tired of this shit. Yeah. In the, in the sports field specifically. Yeah, I was like, I gotta go. Okay. Okay. So that will lead us to our next question. Um, have you always been confident in your identity? Yes. For me, I've been confident. Uh, I've been very aware of who I am in this world for a long time. Who do you attribute that to? um for a lot of people it started with my father you know like our parents um black families they usually have like mlk on the wall Mm -hmm. uh they might have uh you know a white jesus or a black jesus on the wall um and my father (laughs) always listened to like the mlk speech he played that all the time Um, which one I, I have a dream. dream. Mo- okay. I didn't know if he was getting it the nah, more the he, deep cuts. My father get into no <laughs> deep, cuts. deep cuts. Some good and then deep in cuts. Chicago was Harold Washington, who was the first black mayor. And it's interesting because now Chicago's gonna have the first black female mayor of uh, you know, for the first time ever. Um so that's gonna be really interesting. Mm-hmm. But yeah, always aware. But I mean, then I got into high school, I got into a program called Upward Bound. Oh yeah. And that's Upward Bound, I, mm-hmm. the one I went to though was very different. It was a black militant upward bound. Oh, wow. Oh, it was led that. by a Garveyite and like a, a militant black man who taught me how to write. And so this black woman Garveyite uh, was strict. She was like, you know, my father told me that I have native heritage. Like my grand, my uh, my great grandmother who partially uh, raised me as a Cherokee woman. My father was like, you got native history. You got African, you know, you got all that. This, this Garveyite woman said, you're black. You African. Don't say nothing else but you're African. So I was like, you right. I'm African. You right. And so I learned a lot about that part of uh, my history. She gave me books. She just loaded me up with books, said, read all this, read about Africa. Um, And so I was on my way, you know, learning about that. And then I got into college. And college opens up a different world for you. You kind of, you know, you get uh, acclimated to I'm learning. Right. And I studied abroad in Central America. I told you all about that. Um, And um, once I saw black people speaking Spanish for the first time, I said, yeah, this is, I need to learn more about history because I am, I don't know what the world has for me, you know. Um, Growing up in my neighborhood because Chicago is very segregated. I know, uh, you know, my fave Pat knows about this because she just came from Chicago, (laughs) going to these different neighborhoods. Pilsen is a, you know, it's a it's a Pilsen. Latinx neighborhood. That's what you know I've what heard I mean? And, and it's mm-hmm. getting gentrified by some white folks, but mm-hmm. yeah. But I grew up in a very black experience. The South Side where I grew up was black. I also, um, other than black folks, were um, white police officers and white teachers. You know, other than that, it was all black. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everybody was telling me that has grown up there that the city's still very segregated. Pat it is. Said that it everybody is. who grew up there said it's still very so it's a good and a bad thing right because you have these cultural enclaves dallas does not dallas does not have any cultural enclaves at this point which means what which means that um the neighborhood you enter um is a neighborhood based off of an ethnic group or a nationality and so in chicago you would go to ukrainian village Mm -hmm. or you would go to little italy or you would go to Pilsen, or you would go to Bronzeville, which is a black community, or you would go to Greektown. Like you knew where you were. Even the Walgreens, um, if you go to a Mexican neighborhood, has Spanish on it. You know. Yeah, I went to the, I went to the area, I stayed in the area that was like Puerto Rican 
Yes, and which is Humble Park. Humble Park. And you see this big Puerto Rican flag that is mm. that is a, a huge metal. It's, it's from one side of the street to the other. You know where you are. And so coming here, you don't know where you are. You know, Dallas is a very ahistorical city. And so it is, it is <clears throat> you know, we don't we would never know that there was a little Mexico or a Freeman's town or that Deep Ellum was a, you know, a Freeman's town. Um, or that Horde's Ridge was once a place where slaves were, or Cement City where Mexican folks lived and built the bridges over the West Trinity River. Like we don't know these things because our ahistorical nature of our city. Little Egypt. Little Egypt, right? Like we can keep going with those, you know what I mean? Um, so We have our work cut out for us. So yeah, so we have a lot of work to do, mass education in this city because we don't have those cultural enclaves. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I did. So I, I knew where I was when I was growing up. I knew I was black. And so I think I feel like a lot of that can be attributed to being in that place, right? Mm-hmm. Um, to being in the south side of Chicago. Mm-hmm. Whereas Amber, I'm curious to your um, experience, because I know when we talk about ours, it's similar but very different. But when you're in Texas, um, you're still around a lot of white people if you leave your town for like mm-hmm. 20 mm-hmm. minutes. Yeah, uh, one of the important parts, informative, and I think it saved me, is that my dad's from Birmingham. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we lived there for a while. In Birmingham, there's a civil rights museum uh, that deals directly with the civil rights um, movement in Birmingham. Uh, My aunt would take us there every summer. And we would go to the church that was bombed, right, where the four girls died. Uh, How old were you when you remember going to that? girl every year from like second grade to all through high school um and so i had a very close relationship with what it meant to be black my Mm -hmm. aunts also bought me like and i think i mentioned this last time but books about black people right and so blackity black 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 and so even though i was growing up in white environments I was very strong in my identity mm-hmm. and I don't think that I would have gotten that had I lived in Dallas. Right. So by the time I moved here for sure to a historical Dallas, right? Despite being born here, we moved back. Um, I had a very keen understanding of who I was, mm-hmm. um, but I did grow up in Mesquite. You know, my brother and I were walking home one day. I was in fourth grade with friends and we're called the N word mm. all the way home. And uh, my mom called the principal, and she was like, "This is unacceptable. Mm-hmm. Come on, y'all not it. y'all not about to do this to my kids." Mm-hmm. And the principal handled it, you know, wow. in, in a very even that's kind of surprising. It's surprising. She called me down the office. Y'all know I was scared because I never go to the office. Like I was like, <laughs> I was like so. Oh my God. <laughs> I was like so good. I was like, oh my god, what happened? Oh, they sent an honor roll students um, to the principal now, <laughs> right? And the principal was like, I'm so sorry this happened, but just know that it won't happen to you again, right? Like, and we're gonna take care of it. <clears throat> um, but I mean, it was still. It was still, you know, what it was growing up in Mesquite. Like, I was up for homecoming queen, but I knew I wasn't hey, going to win because uh-huh. I was black, you know? Mm, yeah. Um, and so I went to the black guy and the white girl. Yeah. Um, and, and, and so it was, you Society. know, a reminder. Like, I was a top student, but I was called out for dress code stuff, you know? Right. Um, and so, you know, there's always that reminder. But I'm really thankful for my parents um, and my family for doing that identity work for me. Mm-hmm. Um, because you don't learn it in this city. Not at all. You don't, you know, I'm, I'm learning Dallas as an adult, mm-hmm. you Same. know, and, and reckoning with it and going through it. Like I attended one of the 
premier historical black churches in Dallas that has been around since the early 1900s. Mm-hmm. That is in Freedmanstown, right? That is in short North Dallas. And um, our churches were uh, where um, Target is off of Lemon. That was our church's land. They owned that. You know, black people wow. owned that land and mm-hmm. were brought out, bought out and moved. Um, and so these are things that I'm reckoning with and learning as an adult. But that does a disservice to our students, right? For to kids sure. here. Um, because you don't know what this place is. And so you're stepping into landmines all the time and trying to figure it out. Um, but you can figure it out. I think that's the important thing to know is like, it might not be easy, but you can find this stuff out about the city. Right. And then once you know, you can't not know you it. You can't unknow it. Yeah. For sure. Um, I think there's lots. <laughs> Pat's making a face to make me laugh. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I know, but you look so disturbed. Um, I think it's so important to distinguish that as well, because in America, um, so often things are like the white experience and the black experience. And that's the beauty from, you know, as mm-hmm. an observer of the black, uh, of black culture, of the black experiences, that it is so often embedded from the moment you're born because you can't escape it because it's survival, right? Um, for From your families and communities and stuff. Whereas like I'm caring from the Latino experience um, where so many of us like don't even know, um, what in the hell are you doing? Oh, somebody left something. Yeah, somebody um, left their keys. Sorry, it distracted me, this damn drink. Um, But with Latino experiences, so often it becomes this thing of like they assimilate to whiteness Mm -hmm. or like blackness in a lot of times because that's all like I know I felt that way growing up. And so it's like an interesting thing um, to really, I guess, maneuver and especially in a place like Texas because it is so ahistorical and I don't know shit, right? Like when I talk to you, I'm like, woo, I'm a sponge because I'm learning so much. Um, but anyways, thank you for sharing that. Um, what is more, since we're talking about a historical Dallas, what are some other, um, big defining historical moments that you think people should know about Dallas? Well, I think like just talking about what you said, um, I think it's important for Latinx people, but also just all, all people to know that Dallas was really a black and white city after 1841. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in like, 1841 is such a changing, like a pivotal, mm-hmm. pivotal moment in this city because that's when General Tarrant um, near Arlington cleared out the last of the native folks mm, um, out Tarrant of County. North Texas. And so when you see Tarrant County, that represents mm-hmm. not only General Tarrant, but it also represents Fort Worth. And people don't mm-hmm. talk about Fort Worth and these forts in the middle of Texas enough. And so that fort was not built for... Um, a war or it was built to s- protect uh, these white settlers that were moving in with their slaves wow. from native people. So Fort Worth Damn. was built as a as that type of fort. Um, and so after 1841, this land is free for white settlers to come in and get free land, homesteading. To them. To them. Free land. All they had to do was move here from Tennessee or Alabama. Or, and that is an important moment because this city is still a young city. Mm-hmm. This is not like a 200-year-old city. This is not like New York. Or, this is a young city. These, gen- these people are still here. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? 
um, their families are still here, still benefiting from that initial sale or, you know, free land, transfer of land from native people to these white settlers. But they also brought with them African people. And that's another big distinction. So when Dallas is born as a city, it is a black and white town. And so we're no Tejanos here, nobody Mm -hmm. here except for those black and white people. Uh, because of those native people have been moved. Right. And so after the Mexican Revolution, this is when you see now uh, Mexican immigrants coming to Dallas. Um, and literally, because um, they're skilled, they get to work, right? Um, next to, you know, in these, in these barrios in West Dallas, like building um, bridges, you know, doing their work. And even now, right? Because I like to talk about this, a lot of us don't talk about this, is this labor transfer. So what happens when these black slaves were now free, but still taking care of the the white um, elite in Dallas. Mm-hmm. Um, who takes care of the white elite Dallas in that now? If you go to Preston Hollow or any of these other neighborhoods, you're gonna see people who look like you all. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about a labor exchange <coughs> from black people to Latinx people um, in mass. We're talking about retail, we're talking about hospitality, talking about all these things these used to be black jobs because remember this is a black city this is beyond now, just texas this is beyond, beyond just texas but, but it's a big dallas area, yeah. it shows up in a different way because yeah. of yeah, it didn't shift in some places my mom's still like out when there. you go to st louis yeah, yeah. and i brought it's i brought up I, I don't remember what episode it was but i brought out when like a lot of things were changing and especially when we talk about the segregation of schools and desegregation and all these rules that followed like mm-hmm. it was interesting when that hit dallas in a way that dallas wasn't ready for Places like Highland Park outlawed things like live-in maids. So the majority of their maids were maids of color. So it was like, well, now it's going to be possible because of the laws for your children to go to school with my kids. And that shit ain't going to happen. Which is why they built things like the Booker T edition. If you go on Mockingbird, there's some houses built just for the the black workers that were working in those houses in Highland Park. And when and did this transfer Booker, happen? This is Sorry. the transfer happened um very slowly, mm-hmm. but it, it started in the seventies, eighties, nineties, because that's when the like a mass influx of particularly Mexican immigrants yeah, that started. Is, that's and then, that big rush. And then now happened. we're seeing, you know, more Central American um folks um come to the city. Uh but Obviously, if, if people are immigrant folks, they're undocumented, you can pay them less money, um, you can um, treat them a ca- any kind of way. I guarantee you, if there was a slavery crackdown, these folks would have. I remember talking to somebody who talked about having this lady who works at her house. And she was trying mm-hmm. to go to her son's graduation, and she did not let her go to her wow. son's graduation because she had work to do at her house. And this is in 2015. Mm-hmm. Like, this is, you know what I mean? So it they can pay them, you know, um, very small amounts of money right. because they're undocumented. But, I mean, it's obviously a better um, existence than they were having, you know, fleeing some violence or fleeing um, wherever they were going. But this is happening right now. Still, yes. Still. I remember being in elementary school and my mom, uh, talking to my mom, and she was making a joke and she was saying that her boss, when she was cleaning houses, she was like, yeah, um, I had, because it was going to, we were going to be off for winter break from school, but she had said something like, yeah, um, she got excited because I'm still going to have to work, but she was like, I'm going to treat you to lunch today mm-hmm. because you have to be at work next week. And she was like, so she had uh, her driver go to Burger King 
came back, brought one Whopper, wow. and she said she cut the Whopper in half and gave me half a Whopper and then put the other the, the other half in the kitchen. That's crazy. And she was like, and that was like the, here you go. That's crazy. Yeah. That's how they view us. And the last thing is, I'll say is <clears throat> hentification is this new term. True. Um, um, particularly like from um, Latino scholars about um, what's happening, particularly in, in poor or black communities. Boyle so, Heights. And so they're making the TV show. It's, on it's, it's really now. kind of a, it's really kind of a cycle. <clears throat> um, communities used to be belong to some other people um, and they cycle out. Um, but right now, um, what happens, particularly in poor communities, and, and these were traditionally black communities in Dallas, um, there are now Latino uh, folks, families who are looking for poor uh, or cheap housing, and they move into these um, formerly black communities. Um, and that's because in this, in this country, if you are black, your housing is devalued almost yes. by 50%. Yeah. Just because of traditional... Uh, very ritualized, uh, racist policies like redlining and gentrification. And so, obviously, if you can move into a neighborhood and you have the money, you can buy the house. Um, and so what we're seeing now is a lot of these mixed communities, like South Dallas is now almost um, half and half, um, Latinx and black. Um, and that only happens because of this traditional uh, racism that happens in a city like Dallas. Um, but... It's interesting what's happening now. Um, I went to a policy forum on it, um, and Latino scholars are now talking about this a lot. So, um, you know. And some of the story, like some of the articles that I've read up on it, because it's one of the things that interests me. And it's like seeing seeing these, um, like this idea of, I think one of the big things, and I, I've i mentioned this before, also this, this attitude of conformity. Mm -hmm. And so growing up, one of the things that I was really apparent or, or aware of from my parents was just be, you know, thankful for what you have and conform to the norm. And um, so we were able to, like, really celebrate who we were and understand, like, the roots, but not so much to where if it got in the way of something bigger, then that's, right. that's when you need to scale it back. But the idea of gentrification, like to me, it became a, a problem, really, because it was one of those things where it's like, well, yeah, you're still like it's a modified uh, progressive community. Quote yeah. Quote unquote, that's coming back. But it's still doing the same thing. And in some cases, it's worse. It's like you are literally like the offspring of this community. But you're coming back, and because of that, you're taking advantage, and you're making it worse than what it would have been had it been someone that was not from this community. So, like, if you're coming back to a Latino community as a Latino person, like, it's working out more towards more of our detriment than it would have if a white developer showed up and said, I want to put up a high-rise. Mm. And so it's, it's, like, it's an interesting conversation because, uh, one, it's how do we navigate how our people move forward? when so much of the system has been built to like keep us down and when a few of us get there how is it that we really look back and help each other out and are we really doing you know worse than 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 what the what the system is doing to us and it's and it's difficult though you know because um latino people can be both white and or black or others and other. we, we can't even get to that like we were having a hard time processing 
that conversation because yes. that's how yeah. little we know and that's how confused yeah. we are with our yeah. identities. Yeah, and I think that's one of the things um, that I wanted to touch upon in terms of like what is it, right, that we're not talking about or that we want to know is this idea of anti-blackness, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. Um, and the basis of racism, right? Mm-hmm. And um, really folks leaving with an understanding of what anti-blackness is and what it means. Right. Um, and how the hierarchy is created and how it's established and how it's maintained. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is what we were getting at with Daniel Caesar is that black people can be anti-black, right? Mm-hmm. Latinx people can be anti-black. Uh, white people are definitely anti-black right. at times, right? Um and really developing that understanding is that like we're in a system that doesn't value black people right so that's where and just at that knowing yeah, that as yeah, the basis right as as the basis of For anti-racism sure. work um and then that really helps contextualize us as people of color mm-hmm. right um and then i think the question is is like if we know that we've created a system that puts blackness at the bottom and devalues it that means that in that most people are striving for whiteness always um and where does that put latinx people and how in our day-to-day lives are we fighting against that right um but then also right knowing that black people can be prejudiced Mm -hmm. and how are we having these conversations in our communities really for us to begin to work together right um and and create unified fronts and to find out like what our issues are collectively um and where we can create solidarity but it really does stem from the understanding of what anti-blackness is um and going from there absolutely i I agree and there's two things though that um, we can speak to in dallas that talked about this solidarity between um latinx folks and black folks um one is obviously the the murder of santos rodriguez Mm -hmm. um after that happened um the black and brown community came together and protested like no other protest has happened mm-hmm. since then in the 1970s um downtown for multiple days mm-hmm. black and brown communities were out um on the streets saying that you know like this police brutality and this uh, violence has to stop um the second is uh one that i just found out about and it's really called um the goals for dallas and so the city created the goals for Dallas in the 60s as a way to move forward with this new vision or strategic plan for the city. But it was very racist vision. Um, it didn't include this a lot of voices Sorry. in the 1960s. I, okay. um, I want to say 1967. So he did like kind of a listening session. Post-Kennedy. Right. It was post-Kennedy. Um, and they wanted to find out how could you move forward as a city. Uh, but it was so racist and so exclusionary that um, black and Mexican people created their own goals. And it's called wow. the goals for the black community and goals for the Mexican-American community. And they put them into one document, which is the, the, the most important part. Mm-hmm. It was a solidarity in that moment to say that these two communities are standing together saying that we are being excluded um, from this uh, work and we want to be, have our voices heard as a collective, not just for sure. um, s- separate. No, that's so beautiful. I never part. heard that. So we have a that. tradition in the city um, of working together. We just have to, you know, re- recapture those traditions. Yeah. And I think, uh, well, one of the things that we need to talk about, too, is how do we use one another's culture? Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> in the presence of us being there for each other, I think a lot of it is like you don't just take a 
people's culture <laughs> and not take the people, right? Absolutely. Um, and we see that a lot, right? I have a lot of Latinx friends, and my friend was texting me, and she used the N-word, and I was like, girl, we're going to have to talk about that later, right? Because, like, you know, <laughs> she she's Mexican. She's dark-skinned. Her, her family nickname is Chocolate, right? Um, she has biracial Ooh. kids. She has black kids. And um, it's interesting, right? And that's my homegirl, y'all. I'm, this is my this next is door neighbor very, that I grew up yeah, with. Yeah, you know, so we're sisters. Norm. And also, it's like, girl, but nah, right? Um, and like, but it works both ways, mm-hmm. right? And so we see a lot of things that are beautiful, right? With folks, you know, using black culture, but also there needs to be an appropriation of black people, right? right. Like an appreciation, appreciation. of black people. And um, we're not there yet. Right. Um, and an appreciation of Latinx people. Right. Um, and those are the conversations. Let's start you know, with that... the first one first. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. Mm. Yeah. But I, I really mean, because that's what I, that's one of the biggest things we've talked about from the beginning of this podcast. Mm-hmm. And so I promise I didn't mean to make it like a black and brown unity discussion, but like, obviously it's naturally kind of happening. Um, but I, because that was my experience, that was a lot of our experiences, right? A lot of us grew up in hoods, yeah. and that's what we were accustomed Absolutely. to, and it felt norm. I know a lot of my family have that exact same story, right? And I'm like, I can try to tell you not to say it at the right time. If you're a homie of mine, you're a friend of mine, I'm going to call you out because yeah. you're my homie. I know you. My family, I'm not that close to, and they straight up, like, I genuinely want to talk to them and unpack it, right, and be like – Everything, the way you talk, any kind of anything is aligned with blackness, right? Whereas we still have an, uh, uh, a grandpa who's kind of shitty and will say anti-black things. Mm-hmm. And so that's where I'm like, where do y'all do this when you have kids that are black, right? Mm-hmm. And that look black. They're not any kind of passing. They are black. Mm-hmm. Um, so it gets really interesting. And it's there's a there's a lot of that here in Dallas specifically. I know for Oak Cliff, that's how where all my family was, and that's their experience. But it it does take having these conversations, and that's why I say it's important to attack that one first because it's a lot more blatant that one right. because so many people just co-opt black culture and right. take it and run with it and say, but it's mine. I grew right. up with it. My and, friends and, said and it's okay. And you can be my people, and you don't have to use right. the N word. You know what I mean? And we can yeah. be cool, and we can be close, and that's not a word that right you get to use or even and if you got a pass just 10 cool years ago just as close right yeah and you're not getting a pass from every black person to right. do that right. you know and and so really thinking through that and and being respectful you mm-hmm. know um but also like not culture vultures because i mean that's what it's that's what it it's becomes, teetering on yeah you know but it's sure. also black men too like we fetishize um you know latino women you know um and that's obviously because of beauty standards that are closer to whiteness than blackness mm-hmm. you know what i mean for sure and that's something like you'll see a lot in dallas you know yeah um, all of this is this like dallas is the shining example i think of a lot of these yeah, things yeah i mean yeah. and so like that's that's definitely something you know um yeah. and all those stereotypes and fetishes that come with that yeah right? and unpacking superiority right because at least i'm not black right i mm-hmm. might not be white but i'm not black either right um, and the guys say this too yeah. about the women, you know, like yeah. y'all black women are this, so I'm gonna get me a, you know. No, it, <laughs> yes, it happens, and, and, and particularly here because like our school district is 95, 96 percent black 
and Latinx, mm-hmm. right? That's it. Um, and so we have we have to deal with this like ASAP. Like this is not like something we can like wait on and talk about. Like we gotta talk about this yeah. now. Well, the yeah. alliance is built right here. We're yeah. going from yeah. here on out because it really nobody's having these conversations at all. Mm-hmm. Like from my experience, I haven't seen anyone. I barely. I feel like the Colores were some of the first people to talk about anti-blackness as Latinos in Dallas. I don't know of anybody else doing it. And I'm not saying like, oh, we're the best. But I mean, like the fact that we can't even state that I've had multiple listeners tell me, thank you so much for saying that. I'm talking to my family about it because it's so unheard of, Mm -hmm. which is exactly how white supremacy works. Right. It wants that that separatism between us and inability to really um, call what is what is what it is. Basically, it's also I mean, it's with whiteness. It's also the privileges and the the things that come with whiteness right and folks notice you know i told you when i was working in bachman lake um the moms would tell their kids to get out of the sun mm-hmm. you know they were like you getting dark yeah. mijo get out of the sun you know what i mean yeah i heard that shit growing up i was yeah. very very brown. but they but but this is a i mean a very clear example without them having like a racial right. equity framework they know what privileges and what privileges are not attached mm-hmm. to your skin Absolutely. color you know what i mean and that's pervasive regardless of who you are you don't even need to be from this country to understand that mm-hmm. you know what i mean and so that's it's, it's very important that we we start to deal with that and talk about that and it was very hard to talk about that when i was working in oh uh, i can't imagine Ooh, yeah no that brainwashing worked there was very effective mm-hmm. and it is that very effective the bachman lake latino moms was like race we're not racist mm-hmm. oh you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Let's Little do you it. know. Let's deal with it. Um, so Ooh. one of my next questions uh, was how do we best unite communities of color, which we've kind of been discussing already. I, but that's where I said we have to tackle anti-blackness head yeah. on first. Yeah. I think. And then from there it can fizzle yeah. out. Yeah. It, it's tackling anti-blackness. It's tackling the use of the N-word. It is tackling how... At times, even though we are oppressed, we can also be oppressors, right? Even though we are uh, prejudiced against, we can be prejudiced. And and that's a conversation you and I have had because I've been in multiple uh, places where where men of color say or have kind of backed up this idea of like reverse racism Uh or people of color being racist when in reality... Amber, go into it for me. That is not true, right? People of color cannot be racist. Can we perpetuate... White supremacy? Absolutely. Are we gatekeepers at times as people of color? Absolutely. Um, But it's this fundamental understanding of what race is and what it isn't um, and what ethnicity is, right? Because we talk about Latinx people and on birth certificates, it says what? White. White. Absolutely. Okay. And mine definitely says black. It ain't changing. (laughs) Mine says white. It makes me sad. Right? Um, And that's something to name and then begin to ask questions. Why is that Mm -hmm. the case? You know? Um, and we can't be racist if we don't have the power, which is the power lies mm-hmm. where? Well, white people. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's not just power, it's institutional power, because mm-hmm. a lot of people think about racism as this individual mm-hmm. thing, right. when it's really about institutional mm-hmm. group power. Absolutely. So if your group, a racial group, has institutional power, then you can probably be racist. If your group doesn't have any power, y'all getting kicked out your own communities mm-hmm. or gentrified. You might not have a lot of power, people. Mm-hmm. So you might, might want to find a community that's similar to yours. Hey, 
black mm-hmm. and Latino folks. Mm-hmm. Y'all need to figure out something, huh? Right. Because y'all in a similar boat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So as we're wrapping up, what do you wish to see more of in Dallas? Definitely trying to find ways to kick off these conversations um, between black and brown folks, especially with students. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's definitely the work that uh, I'll be seeing more. I want to see more hard conversations uh, between black and brown people because we're living together in community mm-hmm. now. And that's just one of the things that we haven't got right is real honest dialogue and in conversation about what are the barriers that prevent us at times from being as unified and fighting on a front as we can be and then turning that collective power into real action for sure um i want to see um more um latinx folks talking about race Mm. um and being leaders in the world folks um who are as dark as me who have no understanding of race but are leading things in a city um and it's a shame because they have no um scope about um they have no kind of framework on on which to work in the community in which they live they have no historical context um so that's number one i need more latin fo- lex folks to read um and learn about race and racism yeah and i think we'll say too you know if folks are up for it you know we should talk about putting something together you know um an event that really starts to talk about these things to have these conversations that we need to have i know that there are some folks like geo um and laura uh, you know, kind of having these conversations, uh-huh. but uh, we need to be in proximity to each other and not just proximity because we are, but talking, you right, know what right, I mean? Right. Like really having these conversations. And and so, and yeah, you know, what and is so it by look us up on social media. Yeah. Sorry, 2025. Was it 2025? I might be messing that up. The majority will be Latinx here in Dallas. And that is terrifying to me because of how uneducated we are and how little we know um so really taking that into mind to really understand um the power we can have if we do these things yeah yeah so uh we'll you know more learning communities and then it's also my you know my the community in dallas you know the black community um has to like tether or 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 separate themselves untether themselves as Mm. us from from white north dallas Mm. to be honest like there's a lot of our our black politicians have been terrible um they are um as that book says they are accommodating um this is true and i think that um we need to we need to show up in a in a different way in 2019 we're in the future and we still um are using these old politics. There's a generational divide. And I'm sure you all feel that generational divide too. Oh, absolutely. Um, and so there's a lot of uh, work that uh, our community has to do. Like I talk about Dallas history all the time and people who, who are from here do not know that we history. We do not know it, literally. Um, and so it's, 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 been a, it's been a crazy experience to um, see folks who are from a community who don't know anything about mm-hmm. that community. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, you know, we have a lot of work to do. Um, so I, I want people to just read, you know, Library Bay is here to help you. You feel me? <laughs> um, she, um, she gave a thumbs up, y'all. She's yeah. cute. She ready. Yeah, Go she check a book ready, out. You know? Um, so I, I, I really think us, we, we need to do that history. And, you know, my organization, Dallas Truth, Racial Healing Transformation, Young Leaders, Strong Young City. Young Leaders, Strong City. Both doing incredible work here in the city. De Calores. Like, it's a lot of places you can go start to learn about this work. So um, let's get into it. That's it. 
Absolutely. And I want to, my final question for, for both of you, and I, I mean it more in the personal realm, as you can tell, our interview quickly goes into this work because that's what y'all are doing. And y'all are like the definition of definition of living and breathing it everywhere you go. Even when I'm hanging out with y'all for fun, this is all we talk about because y'all really are those, um, people that care so passionately about this and are living, um, and fighting these institutions in every single capacity, every single day. And that's why even when I say, oh, Rafa's a legend or whatever, like, I don't mean that lightly. I mean it in the sense that, like, one day, 40 years from now, if the world's still um, around because we're not taking care oh, of it. Climate change. Climate change. But yeah. really, like, y'all are the movers and shakers, like, straight up. Like, nobody else is doing this. Who else is pushing for racial equity and DISD? Like, straight up. Like, actual racial equity. You know what I mean? And so I, I say this because I appreciate y'all. I honor y'all. I'm grateful to know y'all as friends um, because this is so um, true to who y'all are as individuals. It's the work y'all do. It's who you are. Um, and I know you all have beautiful personal lives as well that maybe we didn't get into so much. But I, to me, you can correct me if I'm wrong. It's so um, such a big part of who you are. And so I think that's so beautiful. And I'm grateful that y'all are doing that, especially here in Dallas, Texas. Um, so what are your current dreams moving forward? Well, that Jerry and I will finally get our podcast going. You know, um, it's coming. It don't have no name, but it's coming. Um, And um, that we're manifesting the things that we want. And so we've been talking about this a lot for the last couple of days, like really just manifesting what is to come. So it's already done, right? And so, like, claiming that Young Leaders Strong City is going to be a citywide movement for youth, right? Statewide. That statewide. So bigger. Statewide, national. Yeah. Um, that the global. work that... Global. Absolutely. That the work, yeah, the work that <laughs> needs to be done, right, in black and brown communities for us to realize our collective power is happening, right? And that the people in this room and the people listening to this podcast believe in that and are gonna make it happen <sighs> and that we don't gentrify dallas away right mm. um but but that we can get some power i know i know Rafa, it's gonna be okay we're not, go- <laughs> we're not gonna let the white people take it all <laughs> no we're gonna, gonna fight we're gonna take back our communities um you know but but that we really do uh do the the big fight and uh keep doing the work for sure and that we find joy Ooh. all right um, my dream is that like folks really like start to understand um, that a lot of these things that we think are working are not mm-hmm. um, and that um, there's a lot of myths about this work um, that we need to explode um, and particularly in our own communities. Um, like one of the things is that folks say like the Latino community we have money or the black community we have money when in comparison we, we don't, don't have, have money no money oh that's so real like our money is minuscule yeah. do you hear you what think, i'm saying you, you think you? that little go chain gonna do something not only that though folks are pushing, on a bigger on a bigger scale folks are pushing things about money to our communities um that have um research that says that it doesn't work like literacy um like literacy education um like 
financial education. He's hungry. That stuff does not work for our communities because we don't have no money. I literally told someone that mm-hmm. today at work because they want to do economic programming. Latina women are the most. And then it goes beyond that too, right? Because this idea of money, like you say money to like, you know, a neighborhood where I grew up and it'll quickly become something of the, you know, those those hundred dollar bills that they can hold in their hand. And but money it. means so much more than that. The wealth, the the ownership. Yeah, we, so I'm not talking about income. When I talk about yes. money, I'm talking about <clears throat> wealth, generational mm-hmm. wealth. Um, <clears throat> right now, uh, there's research that says that black and brown parents that have money, like high incomes, their kids are going to be poorer than them. Mm. Um, not only that, like Latina women are the lowest paid mm-hmm. group of people um, right on the scale on the scale. Mm-hmm. Like the pay gap is almost f- um, like pennies to a white man's dollar. Mm-hmm. So like we have we, I want us to like engage in this and mm-hmm. start to explode it because we we um, deserve way more. The city owes us. Oh, absolutely. If you if you find out what the city has done to <laughs> your communities. um you going to be like, look, mm-hmm. y'all owe us, find some way to pay us. Mm-hmm. And they've done reparations ordinance already. That's why I wanted to say the city of Dallas has done reparations ordinances already. The Trinity River Audubon Center is a reparations ordinance. Hamilton Park is a reparations ordinance. I can keep on. Go off. You feel me? Uh, so this has been done already. Um, it's nothing new. They know that if they do something wrong and it's so egregious, they got to do something different. Mm-hmm. So that's number one. Number two is really uh, we had a dream bigger than we have ever dreamed we have to have a, a whole entire new world that we have never seen which is going to require you. you know okay, she can sing. I can which is going to require such a such a large imagination that we need so many other people to join in this um just think of your wildest dream and just dream a little bigger because you haven't even seen yes what and dream before. bigger think of the wildest thing you can dream of mm. and if your dream and, only and, and includes dream bigger. you and your family it's not big enough. Mm. It's next. You know? Amen, amen. So where? Well, this was long AF. It was. Yeah. But it's but good. It, yeah, Don't like. Don't worry, Pat's gone. Quality over <laughs> quantity. <laughs> quality over <laughs> quantity. Shit, am I lit? She's like, are y'all done talking? <laughs> um, Where can we find and follow your work? Yeah, so uh, <laughs> Dallas Truth, Racial Healing, Transformation. Website is dallastrht.org. We have videos on there about Dallas history. You know, got little Mexico videos on there. We got uh, all kind of videos on there. Go check that out and follow us on social media, Dallas TR, at Dallas TRHT. Um, we have like a, a hashtag about um, history books on there. We post events all the time. Um, obviously, the Young Leader Strong City. Um, I want executive director, my boss in Young Leader Strong City, Amber, hey. to talk about that. Uh, we also have I'm his boss, but he group. telling me what to do. Ooh. Ooh. We, yes, because we believe in shared power. Amen. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> it's it's YLSC Dallas. Um, really, it's like DFW because we're taking over for the ones and twos. Hey. Um, right. And then we also have the If Institute, which is imagining freedom. Um, and so you can find us on uh, social media platforms, mm-hmm. right? Because the end goal is for us to be free. The end goal is for us to be liberated, right? The end goal is for us not to have really to worry liberated. about race. You know, is about what if, right? Yeah, yeah. What, what if? if. Um, 
And so, you know, doing that work, we're, you know, on the social media platforms and hoping, you know, to, to get listeners together for, you know, real conversation around the things that we're talking about today. Do y'all want to share your personal accounts or no? You don't oh, have to. You don't have Twitter, to. But I know people yeah. like. Um, yeah. On Twitter, I'm at Miss Burbage, which is like really weird. I need to change it. But, <laughs> but it means to talk a lot like verbiage. But verbiage. Oh, I thought you smart. said I thought you were like on some Burberry. <laughs> Oh, so you that are. too. Burb- well, no. It's like uh, verbiage with a V, but yeah. burr. Oh, burr, okay. Because am burr. 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 Yeah. burr. Uh, <laughs> uh, my Twitter and Instagram are Jerry Leeds. Uh, Twitter, you know, that that's 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 popping. Uh, but hey, uh, Instagram is closed. My... I need to check you out. I need to thank see you who you are Thank you for accepting my follow request. I know. We about to be oh, a kickspo. That means yes. we family now. Pull up. Yes. You know, once I accept you into Instagram, that 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 means you really like family. For oh, snap! That means you really like family. That means a lot to me. Like you know, you can see my family. You can see my you can see my kids and all that. Like I need to. We didn't even get to talk about hip hop or toxic masculinity more. Or hip hop. We need some Chicago hip hop. Some Chicago Dallas hip hop. I'm so glad we didn't talk about Chicago as much as we did last time. (laughs) Jesus, like I was ready to hear about some King Louis. Hear about some like ooh, y'all can have y'all's like B O N. Ooh, we done. Who's your favorite rapper right now? Go, both of you. Westside Gun, all the way. Well, really, West like, I'm girl. an R&B girl, um, so <laughs> I've really been feeling Ari Lennox. <laughs> I love her. You know, whipped cream. Um, Come on, whipped yeah, cream. Yeah, I'm definitely R&B all day, like slow jams. You are. I walked into her house. I was like, girl, yeah. where are the candles Always at? setting the mood, you know? Okay. Okay. Always. Always dinner. ready. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you both. Do you have anything else to say? Shay. No, I think, I wow. think we wow. Say or share. I, I was trying to say share <laughs> and yeah. say, and I said Shay. I think we shared enough. Ringside Rockin' Furs. It's called West Side Gun. That's his, my Wait, favorite West like Side Gun song. <laughs> Look, it's amazing. Go, 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 go listen to, and oh my. Uh, Look, go he's writing to, it down. Yes, he's going to go listen. West Side Gun. He is called Fly God. He's, I'm, I'm going to put it as his who you got. Okay, I'm gonna. Okay, thank you. Sorry, I'm. <laughs> thank have, you. You gotta go. Bye. I have to go pee. <laughs> so, I am going to say. Oh, no, I gotta go. Thank gotta you. Go thank you both. Oh. <laughs> I'm a daddy. So long. I ain't even talking about my kids. Thank you both so much for being here. I'm sorry we didn't get to cover all realms of your life, but you're welcome back anytime. We're going to do a part three. Golly. <laughs> Emma was like, we need to wrap it up. I was like, yeah, no, bring it back. It was like, we're going to do a part three, though. We're going to need a part three. Like, literally, like, <laughs> but we're going to strategies. You feel me? I'm down. I love and adore you both. Thank you for being on the Colores <clears throat> Radio again. I oh, love thank you, you too. all. <laughs> it is now time for. Self care corner. I just had more wine, so you can probably hear it in my voice. Hit them notes. Did I? Yeah. Does anybody have anything for a self care? Mm-hmm. I think the position of the moon is really speaking to me. I'm um. so tired of you. 
Did you um, put your crystals outside? I didn't. Did you read your CoStar compatibility? I don't need to read CoStar. Did anybody add you on CoStar after you mentioned it at the ball Man, party? Y'all some, y'all. He was in the middle of the club, y'all. He's, as soon as we got there, he's like, y'all add me on CoStar. I was like, this man is ill. He yeah. needs help. He needs True. some milk. Yeah, that was wild. No, but to answer your question, nobody added me on CoStar. I did. Um. Well, no, I added Am you, I and you. Nobody. F- no, I added you, and you finally approved me like two weeks later. Because I forgot that you can add people. Right. Well, thank you, world. So, for- do any of y'all have anything to add to Self Care Corner? I love giving the opportunity to others outside of myself because I don't know everything. Mm. All right. Pat wants to say something. She kn- yeah, she's building it up. Because I'm trying to think of like ways to put my words together. I don't know. I've I've been um more um responsive to myself mm. in terms of people I want to be with or associate myself around. Ooh, this is and tea. I think that's really important because. A lot of times we feel like we need to have like some validity of being around those people because of associations or something like that. And I don't think it's necessary. But if you're Latinx and I'm Latinx, we should get together. (laughs) I mean, in the end of the end of the day, you got to protect your energy. So if they're toxic to you, why keep them around? Preach. Amen. I appreciate that, Pat. I need to remind myself of that more often. And I'm proud of you for doing so. Because it's not easy to do. No, it's not. And I'm learning to have those conversations with people. And it's been really fun. Hey, um, you're really rude to me. So go jump off a fucking bridge and die. <laughs> Love ya. Bye. <laughs> Here's a brownie. Just kidding. Just kidding. It's a joke. Um, that actually segues perfectly with what I have written, which was something I've mentioned before. But by golly, if everyone had a little more of this, the world would be a more peaceful place. Self-awareness, I think. (laughs) I really think, um, I I mean, and what Pat's saying, take self-awareness, right? You have to be, you have to be able to know thyself, know your energy, protect your energy and know what is toxic to you um, in order, I mean, and be self-aware in order to, to protect your energy. Um, Self-awareness is different for a lot of people. And honestly, it really takes um, knowing enough about yourself and really being able to analyze yourself almost from an outside perspective um, to really see what's happening. And I, I've just, I am so grateful for my self-awareness because that hoe has got me really far, I think, and in a pretty okay place. Um, even though obviously life doesn't always happen in our favor, if you have enough of it, um, you're able to really kind of conflict resolution a lot of situations or in like Pat's case, remove yourself from Um, situations and people that might no longer be serving you um, in positive ways or maybe as you serve them. Um, So really, I I want people to hone in on this and what it looks like. Self-awareness is not nice. It's not good. Just like self-care, it doesn't always mean positive things about yourself. Sometimes it's really accepting your shitty flaws and also um, processing whatever pain you're going through. Um, So I'm really working on that personally. I'm grateful for my 
probably I'm a little bit too self-aware shout out anxiety um, but even if you have anxiety and you think you have self-awareness we can all still take a moment to step back and reflect on ourselves reflect on our actions reflect on who we're associating with um, and how this can look to other people and ourselves Rafa do you have anything to add no y'all are I mean it's it's <clears throat> It, it the self-awareness part I mean it, it, it means a lot and so for in terms of personal reflection I feel like um, hoping that I'm self-aware is different than really understanding like what that means right. and so I'm very much like if it was up to me I'd do everything that I could do to be uplifting remotely mm-hmm. so if I could live in a cave and do all the work that I do, I would. Yeah. Um, but that's not how it works. And so I might, you know, I might feel like a lot of the things that I do or, or what I go out and, you know, <clears throat> work on um, is helping me. But if I'm not really self-aware in terms of my stability whether mentally, emotionally, or, or spiritually, whatever. Um, like, if I'm not really taking care of it, then, you know, what am I really doing? So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, it's tough. Like, I find a lot of joy in things, and, and there are some stuff that, there are some things that I, I really do get excited about participating in and being a part of and all of that. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, when you're with your thoughts. Like, it's scary. Yeah, so. For sure. I love being alone and with my thoughts. It's the best feeling. <laughs> it's ever. really, it really can be so terrifying, but it's like, it it can get better if you try to help make it better. Yeah. In a lot of cases, that's also like very privileged to some people, right? To even be able to try to help it. Um, but yeah, thank you for sharing that. That's very um, real, very vulnerable. Um, and I wish you all the best in your journey. To finding what can be contentment or joy or otherwise. So that is our self-care corner of the week. Upcoming events. Woo, 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 woo. Do, 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 do. I'm excited because literally, I've said that so many times, I'm so sorry. It's our biggest event of the year. Woo! And, um... Yeah. I want to remind you all, if you haven't already, to check out episode 24 and 25. Episode 24 is whenever I um, finally had the chance. Actually, I think even before that, we had like the big reveal that like our boy Rafael, or maybe was it that episode? It was that episode okay. that it was finally I didn't revealed because we did it like he was a, like we had a surprise guest. <laughs> that was so cute. Wow, we're so cute. Um, But I really was... uh very honored to be able to chat with my dear friend Rafael and he got very um, personal and vulnerable and shared with us his experience as a member of the cast of the Selena movie so if you didn't already know spoiler alert he played little AB um, which you'll hear kind of the story of how I figured out who Rafael was and a uh, mutual friend um, kind of said oh I know him and I was like what and so it's like a funny story Um, Because now he's become one of my best friends and his birthday passed. So I'm feeling all the love for him right now. 
um, and always, but it's a really uh, great episode. And I think that's the power of Selena. And so we have such a beautiful, great time celebrating her, even though I'm kind of fucking exhausted of all these events I'm seeing and fucking forever 21 is doing a line now. I just saw Yolis share skate to selena galleria at, at the galleria like, like ice skate like it doesn't even make plano is doing a selena event i was like plano do you even know it's it's so it's a lot it's a yeah. lot happening but i think uh 214 selena really is the, the beautiful OG. OG, og beginning of dallas <clears throat> celebrating selena and honestly one of the first to do it in texas because the fiesta de la flor wasn't even happening and yeah. like our mural that that Jeremy Biggers last year really got a lot of like national and international love even yeah. um, considered probably the best mural of her that I saw on a lot of lists. So I think this event is very special to us. Um, we will probably talk. We'll have a, a rundown of it after um, the weekend passes. And we even plan to bring some other special guests on that have a, that help are helping uh, present the event that is happening March 29th. 30th and 31st um here in dallas texas and we will have a karaoke night to start then we'll move to an art show the following night as well as the selena screening here at texas theater um the karaoke night is at the oak cliff brewery the art show is here at the oak cliff cultural center as well as top 10 records um and then the selena movie screening is at texas theater that night it's at club dada we're having a party and then the following day, we are at Country Burger all day long. Not really, but kind of. Um, my wine is definitely talking. Um, <laughs> but I, 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 Rafa, feel free to chime in. I know um, this has been a baby to you longer than me, but I feel very passionately about it because it's the first time I met you. We kind of created um, this through that meeting. And so it's very, very... Um, emotional for me and maybe us but it was a really it's a really fun great event and we celebrate selena the best way we know how yeah no i mean you're right it's uh i'm obviously very passionate about it it's something that i have a lot of fun doing um the details and like the work that goes into it uh does get a little i guess um i guess bumpy just because we we really do so much mm -hmm. it's a lot it is a lot, and so there are so many moving parts. There's a lot of people that we have to talk to. I mean, the party alone, there's eight DJs. There's DJ Storm, Mute More, and Rocket. From we have from Faded DJs. We have TZ Does It. We have Max Power from Boom Boom Boom. We have Fueguito from Fort Worth. We have Will You Be My Friend and special guest of the Quintanilla family, Svani Quintanilla himself, uh, Principe Ku. Half of the duo of Royal Highness. Um, so that's just a party. Those are the DJs getting down at the party. And the party's always super fun. Lookalike contests, all kinds of dancing and, and joy. Um, but, you know, the city really does come together to celebrate the legacy of the queen. And I think at the end of the day, that's what drives us. That's why we do it. Because we know that the second we start planning it, um, people are willing to lend a helping hand. Or they're willing to, you know, send us an email or send us a text or a call and be like, what can I do? Um, wh what is it that I can be a part of? How can I help support this? And it's all genuine. Um, I was talking to Richard earlier. Uh, shout out to Pat for connecting us. But I was like, man, it's crazy to think that this is our sixth year doing this. But we do it because 
there's people that we have never met before, but they come out understanding the same thing that we do. And the relatab relatability of someone like Selena and her music is even more powerful today than it ever was before. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when we talk about things like, you know, what the political climate is, you know, shows getting canceled on Netflix, um, bringing together cultures, you know, between black and brown communities, uh, a symbol like Selena is at the forefront because it's something that has transcended culture, transcended communities. So it's not just a Mexican-American thing. It's a global thing. Mm -hmm. And um, it's really cool to be able to get together and say, you know, we, we, we bring our people together here in Dallas. For sure. And I think that's the beauty. <clears throat> that's, the, that's the unfortunate part is it's so rare to have figures like this. And that's why this is such a big deal. And we're seeing silly events <laughs> happen at <laughs> this point. There's like so many events. But really, it's also like to me, like let's create more of these figures, right? Like let's yeah. uplift each other more and support each other more um, so we can really keep boosting each other and have more than just the Dora the Explorer movie, you know? Yeah. Um, but that's a, another conversation. Um, and then also happening this weekend. <laughs> I'm going to go watch this. I know Are I'm going to be. I am. I think I am. As and long as I can. Three days. You ain't um, down. You better no, not because that means all the pressure is going to be on me when he's busy doing this. But his uh, lovely show is back from Prism Theater. Bruno. Oh, sorry. I fucked it up. Prism no. Movement Theater. Oh, yeah. Theater. Prism Movement Theater. Theater. Bruno and Louis is back. It is a um, show about mimes that Rafa's in, and I know y'all heard us talk about it before, and he could probably pitch this a lot better, but it's actually funny, and I really love it, and I really think I'm going to try to go while the Selena movie's playing, so if you want to meet me oh, at the show, meet me at the show. It'll be fun. It's hilarious, and um, Rafa can give us more details. Yeah, so... One of the things and I it's free. Sorry. That's what I really want to stress is that it's free. Um, so made possible by a grant from the city of Dallas Office of Cultural Affairs. Woo. <laughs> you know, I gotta plug the department that I that, that the Oak Cliff Cultural Center is a division. We of. love them uh, too. We love them too. <laughs> no, outside of like everything that goes on, I still feel I, I'm still a champion of making sure that we use a lot of that that funding power and um, that support system to really give opportunities to people that um, that deserve it. And Jeff and Prison Movement Theater is one of those individuals and groups because they, outside of, you know, having a ridiculously busy schedule, um, he also takes time to, you know, put on events and work with people like myself, like Omar Padilla. Um, he's also doing a show that's going to premiere the following weekend uh, with Caramia Theater. Um, that Sergio's in. The, it's Ser Sergio, Sergio Garcia. Sergio Antonio uh, Garcia from Yeah, Lucila Rojas is also in that show. It's part of Caramia uh -huh. Theater's Teatro en Fuga. Um, so yeah, Jeff, Jeff does a lot of work out here, and so we're happy to support him and what he does. I'm very happy to, to say that I'm a constant collaborator of his. Um, so, yeah, uh, Bruno and Louis, it'll be here at the Oak Cliff Cultural Center the 29th, the 30th, and the 31st. Literally the same exact days as 214 Selena events. So, y'all need to pray for Rafael is yes. the uh, hashtag I'm going to start this weekend. Rafael, I also want to film a documentary with you. Okay. 
I told you that before, but I kind of mean it. Okay. Will you let me follow you for sure. like 10 hours? Yeah, that's fine. Okay, great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's going to be a lot of fun. I get really excited, um, but my brain and my heart get more excited than my body is willing to handle. You better rest <laughs> up until like Friday. So, yeah. Um, but it, it will be an exciting weekend. So, like... Uh, the show is at 8 o'clock on Friday, March 29th. It's at 8.30 p.m. on Saturday, March 30th, and at 8 p.m. again on Sunday, March 31st. Um, we really hope you can make it out. We want to show not just uh, Prism Movement Theater, but the city of Dallas, um, because the Office of Cultural Affairs does, you know, they do take stats and performance measures on who comes out to these events. So we really want to make sure that we show people that um, that we're supporting events like this in Oak Cliff. Um, we're also going to be at El Central College at a later date and time. We're also going to be at the Pleasant Grove Library at a later date and time. And so um, one of the things that we really wanted to do, or uh, specifically Jeff, um, was to make sure that we presented this type of theater to communities that don't normally get exposed to it and make sure that it's free of charge. So it's really cool. Yeah, I mean, it's and, and you know, I, I've, I've done my fair share of theater shows. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Are you an actor? <laughs> but I have a lot of fun with Bruno and Louis, and um, I think that I, I'm not tooting my own horn, but I think for the most part, the audiences that we've had really do have a good time as well. So um, I, I, I would really advise you to come see it because I think it'll be cool and it'll be a nice little experience. Um, you can have. also watch um, Rafa if you have cable on VH1 or E because Selena plays all the freaking time. True and Lifetime. And Lifetime now? <laughs> and Lifetime. What? Yeah. Or if you got those. the old VHS or DVD from the $5 yeah. bin at Walmart like we do, you can also do it that way. But please come support our events um, and the arts. And I'm sorry, we're garbage and still do not have a two year anniversary date for you. Um, I hope it is still happening. I would like it to still happen, Um, and I think it'll be really, really fun. So I'm actually really excited about that still. Sorry Um, that life has overtaken us. We're working. We are. We are trying to, one, like, and that's not to say that we're not thinking about it or actively trying to work to make it happen. We really are. Um, One thing is we don't want to, you know, sell it short because we want to make sure that the people have a good time. And that it's a good experience, but there's a lot to celebrate. So with that, it's not just something that we can say, hey, you know, come meet us under a bridge and hang out with us. But if y'all are down for that, let me know. We True. can make it happen. Exactly. I'll bring the spray paint. <laughs> um, and then finally, our brown <clears throat> business. Not finally. We have one more segment because this episode's not long enough. Our brown business of the week or black business of the week is going to go back to an organization we recently discussed with our guests. Um, And uh, you can always donate to these organizations. So I say that because, and us soon, just look out, okay? Um, We'll be our own Brown Business of the Week when we... Just kidding. Sorry. (laughs) Um, But Young Leader Strong City, which uh, Amber was discussing, they, Amber and a a few other brilliant women um, created this organization. And I don't think y'all understand the work they're doing is like monumental. Um, They bring lots of uh, city movers and create these 
like one day events and go to campuses and teach them about racial equity. And I don't know about y'all, but if I received racial equity in high school, I don't know who the hell I would be right now, but it should not fucking take until college to learn that. Um, so they really do amazing work. So if you feel it in your heart to, um, donate to them, let them know in the comments, we told you to do it. So maybe they'll love me more. Um, just kidding. They're great. But they're a really dope organization, and I'm really excited to see their growth because their work is pivotal to creating a better society. So our brown black business of the week, POC business of the week, is Young Leaders Strong City. Then finally, finally, for real, it is time for Pat to Shine, babies. It is Who the Fuck? You got with the coco, Pat. Should we erase our who you gots and just let you go it's on your you. on oh, your? I haven't been here for like yeah. multiple. Yeah, so I'm gonna pass mine to Pat. Wow. Down. Oh shit. I'll okay. Do the same. Well, um, shout out to Lester, Lester Ray. He um, I hung out with him for a few days when I was in Chicago, and he's actually gonna be coming to Dallas pretty soon, um, to do a show. Uh, definitely, definitely recommend to check out his music. Um, so I just wanted to highlight him because I got to hang out with a bunch of like Chicago, like nobody, like, I feel like people are like not paying attention to Latinx artists in Chicago. There's a lot out there. Um, the Tatiana Hazel's based in Chicago, DJ Chava's based in Chicago, Dos Santos. Um, but yeah, um, I wanted to highlight them. And then of course, um, I got to meet up with some of our podcast friends. I got to meet them in real life. Um, during South by Southwest, I got to meet a couple of my favorite podcasters. In her whole uprising, I met Sam. Um, I got to hang out with um, uh, Queen and Jay from Tea with Queen and Jay. Yay, it was great to meet Janisha and uh, Queen. They were awesome and super sweet. Um, and then I got to meet with a lot of other um, podcasts, Marsha's Plate, um bag ladies was there stephanie i was Aww. so excited to meet a stephanie they recently did a portrait of me um so it was really fun to kind of meet and chat support black podcast y'all they are doing stuff they've organized podcast panels in south by southwest which was dope and i wish i could have gone but we, i went to the meetup and it was really cool um so i definitely would recommend to check them out if you haven't i know queen and jay did an episode with um fabi fav recently for latinos who lunch um so yeah um then uh i would last i guess mention savila i checked them out when they opened up for ila bamba last week they're really good um the guitarist is the guitarist from reina tropical which i've mentioned before and they're based in portland and they were really dope so yeah um i don't know what else y'all would want me to say i obviously was exposed to a lot of music and things in the last two weeks are you okay yeah i'm doing great my life was changed i got to see balloon live nice it was beautiful um i really loved their performance i my friends were checking on me and were like pat are you gonna be okay i finally got to see balloon and um chiclezine went out and went and Mm. checked them out and daisy was there too like her twin sister yes they all came through because we were all at peligrosa yeah they were all at peligrosa and i was like hey y'all Balloons playing at the show. It is free. Come through. And then they all came after Peligrosa. Um, so, yeah. And Nuri Dog. I got to see Nuri Dog. Definitely recommend him if you haven't listened to his um, mixes and produce. He, he produces stuff with um, a bunch of other people. Does he dance? 
Um, I didn't see him dance, but sure. Are you saying that because of his name? I figured. But yeah, no. Lots of great people out there doing stuff. Maria Jose changed my life, too. That was also really dope. So, yeah. Thank you, Pat, for telling us who the fuck you got. (laughs) That finally wraps it up here for us at De Colores Radio. Don't forget to share the podcast and follow us on social media. Subscribe and leave us a darn review. Like go to Apple Podcasts and rate us five stars and write up a review for us. Um, Also share it like send your friend the link and be like yo have you heard this hot fire and then make them listen and then they'll be like cool and then you just keep going and sharing it and sharing it and then we get filthy rich just kidding maybe we'll see what happens we'd love to keep growing so please share it with everyone you know tweet us or just hit us up we love hearing from you all we could not go on without your support come out to our events support our poc businesses uplift our guests tell everyone you love to follow us at the colores co if you enjoy our personal thoughts, you can follow me at Eva Arreguin, Rafa at Exile, and Pat at Pat.Arreguin. Our theme song is Cumbia Anthem by El Desi. Our audio editor is Rafael Tamayo. Our intern is Daisy Rincon. We promise to keep growing and providing you with entertaining content, and most importantly, a platform for your voices and work to be lifted. Contact us on social media or email us at thecoloriscollective at gmail.com. Come out to our events. Thank you so much again for being with us and join us again next time for The Colores Radio. Yo. The, the, the Colores Radio. The, the, the Colores Radio.